0: Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited.
1: It's for
2: personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission.
0: The Countdown to Green.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome along to our Countdown to Green. The first of two Countdown to Greens this weekend. This first one is for our Michelin Pilot Challenge race. Two hours is the length of that challenge here at Road America. We've got a few unknowns at the moment, which we'll get to uh, in a, a wee while. At IMSA Radio, if you'd like to get in touch with us. Coming up in our Countdown to Green... Uh, We'll have Jeremy Shaw with the grid. We'll talk to as many of people on the grid uh, as we can, or in the pit lane, I should rightly say, because that's where the cars are uh, parked up against the wall. Very Le Mans in the way it looks this afternoon, in sunshine uh, at the moment. We'll have a look to see what we think will be the keys to the race, this two-hour short sprint stroke semi-endurance, I suppose you could call it. Uh, and for the first part of the programme, it'll be Shea, Adam and myself who will take you through this. And then, of course, we'll join with IMSA TV about five minutes before Green Flag. So that's about half an hour from now. And we'll bring together the biggest community of endurance racing fans around the world as we go live in sound and vision. No blocks, no breaks, no interruptions. Just the action with our, uh, with our commentary and race call from Trackside. Let's head down to the pit lane and to share adam good afternoon share now we've i know this is a terribly british thing to do possibly even a <laughs> terribly english thing to do talking about the weather but we've had an we've had an extraordinary day today already came here in beautiful weather slightly overcast uh, this morning it was it was pleasant it wasn't too warm then it got out nice then we had to stop the qualifying sessions For the Michelin Pilot Challenge, because of lightning in the air, we got a little bit of rain, then it dried up. Now we've got sunshine again. Everybody's walking up the pit lane towards you, just to see you, of course, nobody else, in their shorts and T-shirts. But we're we're in a donut which is comprised (laughs) of the blackest scariest darkest clouds I've ever seen but in this blue sky above us it's extraordinary.
2: That's because I'm an optimist and so there's always blue sky over top of me John. (laughs) Very uh,
3: very good. Very good. That's your positive energy going straight up into the atmosphere and clearing out all that that nonsense that's around us.
2: Exactly. I described uh, the clouds behind the booth as slightly apocalyptic which you said you didn't know that there could be qualifier to apocalyptic before we came up on air
3: Apop- apocalyptic adjacent is it I think ish yeah.
1: yes yeah ish.
2: yeah let's just go with <laughs> ish um this sort of weather though it's not too phasing especially when your co-driver is a former drift champion ah. so for jeff westfall uh, tyler went out there this morning he was the fastest car in the third practice session It was the fastest car in qualifying. He's not scared of a little bad weather coming in, is he?
4: No, McDrifty is certainly not afraid to slide (laughs) a car around, that's for sure. He's a man adorning many nicknames within the team, and his last name definitely uh, leads us into that a little bit. But he certainly has a lot of car control, and he's not afraid of some water.
2: Coming in with the championship lead, it's a different position. We've yet to have a repeat winner this year in the GS category. You guys can break that today, having already claimed to win at Sebring. And at Sebring, the conditions were good, but then the next day we had a lot of rain.
4: Yeah, certainly. I mean, I think that the, you know, non-repeat winners is a testament to the ability and the talent up and down this paddock. I mean, there's so many manufacturers here that produce really, really competitive race cars. There's great drivers in almost all of them. I mean, we have a really big depth of field and it makes it a blast to race here because you're, you're trying as hard as you can and you basically, you know, you may win, you may not. It depends on who's got the car and who's on their, on their game.
2: Does that make it even better that you're leading the championship, that you know the level of competition around you?
4: I certainly enjoy that aspect of it, but to be fair, I, I look at this as a one race at a time. And if you get too far ahead of yourself, you end up shooting yourself in the foot. And so for me, as long as I maximize what I have today, I can walk away and not have any regrets.
2: Well, good luck with that today. It might be an interesting race for you guys, but the Audi's always fast in the wet. And earlier, Tyler proved it's fast in the dry.
4: It certainly is. And, and a la 2019, it seems we go start in the dry, maybe some rain, maybe it dries out. we will yet, yet to be determined. So. Thanks, Jeff. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Cher. Shout out down there on the uh, pit lane. A lot of people here this weekend, Share, and uh, seems like most of them uh, who have come in today at least are taking the opportunity to be on the pit lane or in the paddock area to get close to the stars and cars of the Michelin Pilot Challenge.
2: Well why would you not want to be on the pit lane? I mean right now the sun is shining on the pit lane. It might not be out around well Canada Corner for example. You might be feeling a little bit of the storm cloud overhead but for right now at least the sun is out and uh, we'll have to wait and see if when Hugh Plum gets in the last race winning car, the number 46 Team TGM Mercedes, do you think it's going to be dry? Do you think you're going to be doing a little bit of a rain dance uh, behind the wheel of the car?
0: It really is, it is maybe coming this way, um, but I'm not worried about it. We're going to, uh, you know, as always, make very few mistakes. And, um, you know, Owen's put us in a fantastic place to start, and uh, I've just got to follow that up with, a, you know, come in, you know, one place above where we, uh, where, we, where we start this race. So my hat's off to him, Owen Trinkler, and, you know, all the TGM guys are doing such a great job and uh, putting us where we are so I get to do my what I do.
2: Well, Hugh Plum, you and Owen Trinkler won a championship last year in the number 46 machine. It was really the second half that sort of came alive for you guys. You've replicated that with another win at Lime Rock Park. It was a podium finish at Road America last year. But in order to really have a shot at the championship this year, you guys need to string together a few more wins. Good thing we're going to VIR and WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca, where you did last year. But do you think maybe you can get a leg up and get a win here this weekend first?
0: I think so. You know, we continue to to, to hopefully just not make mistakes and uh, capitalize on what we do well. And, um, you know, that's really all you can hope for. I mean, we didn't have a whole lot of good finishes, and, And to have that win, and to know that we're we're you know still at the sharp end of the field, and um, we're doing all the right things, it's kind of a comforting feeling to all the the crew guys and our team owner, and um, so getting that monkey off our back is is a good thing.
2: And hey, when you win here, you get to go to Seepkins to celebrate, so that's going to be a little extra incentive.
0: We're going. You and I are going either way.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's on. Thanks, you.
0: Thanks very much.
3: Uh, There was a very very good. Uh, evening meal stroke party after Lime Rock Park the whole team was there uh, right the way from the drivers all the way up to the truck drivers uh, and everybody in between and a good time was had by all I'm not sure it was quite the Saturday night that some of the other (laughs) diners were expecting uh, to be honest but it was uh, it was very good fun and uh, Ted Giovanni Hugh Plum. Own Trinkler know how to throw uh, a party we had a good time uh, down there and thank you very much gentlemen for uh, letting us be a part for that. cheer uh, you're down on the grid at the moment that yes. was that was Hugh Plum that was the car and team that were the most the closest winner uh, that the most recent winner uh, should I say. Where have you moved up to now?
2: At uh, the break bright- pink mustang one of the fan favorites in the field because james Pesic standing beside the car now you did not qualify the car during qualifying uh that was jade buford fourth position to start this thing he's going to hand it over to you in a really good position and then you get to go from there mustang looking for their first win of the series you're going to be able to get it at road america
1: i would hope so i mean we have a strong car here so
2: i think we'll be good What's it been like to run in this series this year? Because it's your first year in a Michelin Pilot Challenge.
1: Uh, it's different doing the pit stops and driver changes from like a sprint format, but it's uh, more strategy and it's more interesting.
2: You're looking forward to actually watching the start of the race. That's a new experience.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, I look forward to it. So,
2: Good luck today. Thank you. Thanks, James. And the number 40, GT4 Mustang.
3: Sure. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, just getting word from race control that we are looking at a potential hold to the start of the race, once again we have weather in the area, what I'm trying to find out at the moment is if we need to clear the pit lane immediately of everybody, and I'm being told we do, so let's, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're hearing me in the pit lane now, can you move out of the pit lane immediately please, do it as quickly and safely as you can, we have a what's called a stage three hold for extreme weather in the area. If you're around the circuit, seek shelter under permanent cover or get yourself inside a car with or some kind of vehicle with the windows closed. So that's clear the pit lane now. Everybody clear the pit lane right now, please. Shea, if you can step out the pit lane and find yourself... Uh, somewhere that is safe and undercover.
2: I'm just trying to encourage
3: uh, drivers who perhaps aren't actually listening to us to do the same. Yeah, if you would, please, share uh, part of our public service role with IMSA Radio. Appreciate it's uh, Not what everybody wants to hear, but no chances to be taken here. This is uh, a safety matter, so can you please clear the pit lane now, ladies and gentlemen, and head for some permanent cover. Thank you very much indeed. Sorry to conceal your time down there in the pit lane and uh, Shea if you can tell me when you're undercover and if there's, uh, once you do get undercover if there's if you can grab a few people and take them with you that would be great, we'll have a few interviews, <laughs> when, you, when you have a little round table when you get there we'll sit down and have a chat but we'll, we'll get you out of the pit lane immediately as well, All of the officials are standing down from their posts as well, so we have got a hold on the start of the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We'll continue with our countdown to green there, though I'll bring in Jeremy Shaw, who is alongside me, and we'll talk about a championship, if, I, if you don't mind, Jeremy, uh, with this uh, hold, but it does give us the opportunity to bring everybody both here at the track and further afield up to date with what's going on as we sit in this little uh, apocalyptic donut. We're in the middle of an apocalyptic donut uh, at the moment. First of all, we should say, Michelin, uh, first year of the Michelin Pilot Challenge, they, they took it on uh, at the effectively at the end of, of last year. There was the encore where some of the teams got the chance to try the new Michelin rubber. And quite frankly, the competition has been superb this year. The lap records have tumbled and the championship has been, Absolutely superb with the competitive nature of IMSA's technical department, making sure that the cars in GS are all uh, well balanced. Uh, TCRs inherently have the, uh, the balancing built into them from their homologation. Uh, and it's left us with, as we go into the latter third or quarter of the season, with an absolutely mouthwatering battle. It certainly
5: has. Uh, in, in in both of the classes, we have uh, we have eight manufacturers in GS: Mercedes, Audi, BMW, McLaren, Ford, Porsche, Chevrolet, and Aston Martin. And you know, all of them have had strong results this season. We've had uh, Mercedes, Audi, McLaren, Porsche, and Chevrolet have all tasted uh, the overall victory in this year in the first six races only of the season so the only double up is the uh, is 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 for mercedes but we have a different race winner each time out so it's super super competitive in the driver's championship the audi of uh of Carban with with Peregrine Racing, number 39, Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall, a couple of Californians, they lead the championship, super consistent they have been, and uh, there's some problems in the first race of the season where they finished outside the top 10, but since then, they've been in the top four, we We've got a win, a second, a couple of thirds and a fourth, and that adds up to a tally of 170 points with six races out of the 10 in the books, but just three points behind, are James Clay and Devin Jones, that's the, Bimmerworld BMW M4 GT4, kind of 82. Uh, and then just six points behind them in third place, number 69, Motorsports in action, McLaren 570S GT4 of Jesse Lazar and Corey Fergus. So they're very, very much in championship contention. Fourth place in the points is Alan Brynjolfsson and Trent Hinman in the Porsche. They're quite a way back in the point standings, but anything can happen. In the in the manufacturers championship for uh, GS, Mercedes leads by two only over Audi, so that could change quite comfortably today. BMW stands only another four points back in third position. McLaren only five points behind there as well. So it's it's, it's all to play for with four races, including this afternoon, yes. still remaining.
3: Two hours of competition this afternoon. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to us here at the pit lane, this is our countdown to green, but we are on a hold in the countdown. Think of this like uh, a NASA launch. Uh, we've stopped the clock for the moment for severe weather in the area. And can you please leave the pit lane immediately? No exceptions, ladies and gentlemen. We must have you out of the pit lane and under uh, structure of some description if you can't find one of those if you go back to your car or your vehicle please get yourself out of the open there is lightning and uh, electrical activity in the area countdown to green live from trackside for those of you further afield we'll stay on the air we're in the uh, building on the far side of the track Jeremy Shaw and me John Hindhoff, for our countdown to green so we'll stay on the air and as soon as we know what's happening uh, with our colleagues at TV and when they're likely to come live once we get a start time. We'll let you know about that. So stay with us here on IMSA Radio and we'll join uh, up in sound and vision once things are more clear on what time the race is likely to get underway. Right, Jeremy, sorry to interrupt you. That w- Did you do both of the championships there? Yeah, no, you
5: just did uh, uh, T, uh, uh, T- GS. So G-S, TCR, yes. uh, the... Uh leaders since the first round of the championship were Shelby Blackstock and Tom O'Gorman. They drive the number 37 LA Honda World Honda Civic TCR. They they won both at Daytona and at Sebring so they had a pretty commanding lead after that which they were able to maintain through a couple of fifth place finishes in the next two races but the last two races they finished in last place. They did actually Finish at least uh, the, the most recent race at Limelock Park, but he had some problems, lost a lot of time, and finished way, way back in the pack. So, as a result of that, and two wins out of the last four races, Mark Wilkins and Michael Lewis in the number 98, Brian Herder, autosport with Kerb Hyundai Veloster NTCR. They now lead in the points with 168 to the 158 of Shelby Blackstock and Tom O'Gorman. But right behind uh, Blackstock and O'Gorman, it is super tight. Next four positions covered by just six points. Jonathan Morley and Gavin Ernstone, they drive the number 61 Road Shaga Racing Audi RS3. They're on 154. Brian Henderson and Todd Lamb in the Atlanta Speedworks Honda Civic TCR, they also have 154 points. Then on 152, are Mason Felipe and Harry Gotzak in the second as Brian Hurt at Water Sports Hyundais, and Ryan Nash and Russell McDonough in the number 12. Uh, e-europarts.com racing, Audi RS3, they both have 152 points. So it is super tight in TCR in the Drivers' Championship. And in the manufacturers, Honda holds a pretty narrow four-point advantage now over Audi, with Hyundai just three points back in third position. So again, that's very, very tight. I'm
3: going to bring Cher Adam in here. She's undercover, she's safe, she's not in the pit lane. So she uh, just want to bring you in there. You spoke to Shelby Blackstock after he had taken pole position earlier on today. And it's amazing, isn't it, how things can change so quickly, either for the worse or, indeed, this case, for the better for that 37 team. They've had a couple of horrible races, as Jeremy has described. They've lost the championship lead, but the smile was back on Shelby Blackstock's face and the, the shoulders were back and the whole team had a bit more of a swagger.
2: Yeah, it's almost as if it's given them their momentum back, John, because you think about this season that they've had so far. They started it out with a win at Daytona, which ultimately is the biggest prize that you can think about getting when you're coming back into racing, winning in the center of speed like that. Then back it up with a win at Sebring. Then it was two eh, races with fifth places at Mid-Ohio and and Watkins Glen. And then two DNFs in a row. So that was Canadian Tire Motorsport Park and Lime Rock Park. But getting the pole position sort of sends the circle back all the way around. Now they're feeling like, hey, you know what? We have won twice this year. We can do this again. We just needed to remember how. And it's nothing that the team has done wrong. Keep in mind, it's been the car that's let them down. So mm. that's been the most frustrating part for Shelby and Tom and indeed all of Luis Pericarpi's organization.
3: Uh, and- just for people joining us here on our countdown to green, there has been a, have been a few changes up and down the pit lane and it's not been a perfect weekend so far for everybody. So let's just, as we've got time during this uh, weather delay, And if you are listening to us here at the track, ladies and gentlemen, can you please seek some permanent shelter or go back to your your vehicles and make yourself safe? Um, There have been some changes and some people who haven't had the best of weekends so far. Well,
2: yeah, isn't that the truth? We've had uh, the 65 Murillo Racing Mercedes AMG GT4. Initially, it was Tim Probert and Brent Mosing reunited this weekend. Remember, Brent's been off on grandfather duties. He's welcomed two new grandbabies to the world. But Justin Piscatel, filling in for him once more this weekend, had an incident in practice two, wasn't it, uh, where the car wound up on its roof when something broke. They were investigating as to what exactly it was. So that car unable to be repaired, meaning that Marilla Racing running only one car this morning, at the, indeed for the race this afternoon. That would be for Eric Foss and Jeff Mosing, tied for sixth in points. So keep in mind, they're not out of it yet. We've had a couple of driver changes. We've got uh, Rob Eklund Jr. joined by Ramin Abdul vahavi once again in the number 97 Aston Martin Van and in the sister car, the white one, also brand new GT4 machine, Akil Rabindra has been drafted into the team, and he's been very, very fast qualifying the car in third for the 09 machine, joined this weekend by Chris Wilson. So that's been a good addition. We were supposed to have a second Carbon Motorsports Audi this weekend, but an accident in the promoter test day for, took out the car for Mark Siegel and Tom Dyer. So that team only running one car as well. Uh, Mark Vame is joined by Trenton Estep this week end in the alpha and I, why don't we just talk about that for a second how impressive trenton has been in that number three machine he told us the other day he hasn't driven a race car since the 24 hours of coda back in november a race which he won by the way and he goes out there in that front wheel drive car and does an extraordinary job the biggest change in my opinion in the field awa No longer driving a Porsche. They have switched to a McLaren GT4 for the Canadian team. Still Ore Fidani driving that car, but... Scott Hargrove is a Porsche driver this year, which means that he is not able to continue with the team. He's still there. He's still hanging out with them. But it's Chris Green, who is no stranger to driving McLarens, did it with the MIA team a couple of years back. He takes over the controls for that car for the weekend and indeed the remainder of the season. But we will see Scott Hargrove back behind the wheel of a Porsche next time out at BIR. In the WeatherTech Championship, not in the Michelin Prototype Challenge. And the other big change that we experienced this weekend, aside from the lack of uh, show from the number 8 e-euro Rover Racing Audi R8, which still is on the entry list. We will see it back eventually. It's just a question of when. Was Kuno Whitmer rejoined this weekend by Paul Holton, who is doing double duty once more? Last couple of races, it's been Paul Reese filling in for Paul Holton, who's been focusing on the GT3 machine for Compass Racing.
3: Uh, is it just me, Shea? Difficult for me to know because we're behind glass, but it looks like the wind's picked up and the temperature's dropped quite considerably. I like have
2: no idea because I'm safely inside of a truck, John. Good, uh, well I'm, I'm in the ops truck with the IMSA pit lane staff, and we can't give you any conditions on what it is outside Good. beyond what you can see out your window, because we don't actually have a window.
3: Do you remember that scene in Independence Day when the, the ships are starting to break through. Right, that's what it looks like right now <laughs> uh, opposite us there's a big gap in the clouds hmm. uh, Shift for the moment we'll come back to you in a second good to know if there's anybody interesting there great if not we might have to start a karaoke competition between yourself and the uh, IMSA <laughs> officials to fill time well, down there
2: well someone's phone is ringing so we could just start singing along to it
3: okay seems reasonable <laughs> thank you She'll but be- get back to you in a moment stay safe dry uh, in there please for the time being we're on a severe weather halt here it's what IMSA called stage three. That means a full stop, nothing happening. Uh, All of the IMSA officials, our TV colleagues, marshals, and uh, corner workers been taken away from their posts and uh, seeking uh, permanent shelter, which is what you should be doing, ladies and gentlemen, if you are here at the track. Jeremy Shaw and Shea Adam, along with me, John Hindhoff. Uh, Jeremy, just following up on, on that thought, when things are so close, in these championships how important is it to get that momentum to get that state of mind that winning feeling and in some ways um that's uh, the ability to know that you can win particularly if you've had a couple of bad races and and get that habit of winning back again look the mental
5: side of motor racing is is really important and not enough people really focus on that but you know if, if you're confident. Uh, if you know you can do it, in the comments, if you know the car can get the job done, then it's uh, it's so much easier. If there's any doubt in your mind, then uh, you're not going to be as effective uh, as as otherwise. So yeah, it is hugely important. And the the drivers that do have momentum right now, and that would be uh, the the several teams that can that can claim that momentum certainly the championship leaders i mean you know that string now of five top four finishes in a field as competitive as this that's a really really good effort so you know they know whatever you throw at them they can be competitive uh the uh, the bimber world team you know they've had a couple of for them fairly disappointing races recently uh, but sixth and a fourth really isn't bad they came along came away with good st- solid points from those last two races so they are very much in contention for, for Team TGM, look, they've had three poles this season. Uh, the first five races, the best finish they had was a 12th place. But mm. finally, they turned that around last weekend. Uh, and again, today, Owen Trinkler, he will start on the front row of the grid. So they have momentum on their side as well.
3: Um, while we've got time, Jeremy, and again, we're on a race hold at the moment here on the countdown to green. Imsa Radio live from Trackside. Just want to uh, touch on a couple of things and... and Get involved with this, whether you're here at the track or further afield. At IMSA Radio, please, if you want to uh, tweet in. We had the State of the Series announcement last night, where Scott Atherton stands up, or in this case, he sat down next to me on the stage, to review what we've seen already in 2019. Look forward to, to 2020. I'll bring Shea back in in this as well, because you were there too, share. Uh, first of all, Jeremy, the, the 50th anniversary of IMSA this year the golden year first uh, raced in 1969 even i can do that kind of arithmetic Uh, IMSA really made something of this this year we were talking about it as early as this time last year with the new logo etc but it it seems to have really caught the imagination not just the events that IMSA put on themselves but also the wider community of automotive and motorsport it seems that IMSA is an organization down through the years, in whatever iteration it has, really really does conjure something up in, in the sport
5: Yeah, it really does, it, it has a lot of momentum on its side, I mean the quality of the racing is absolutely sensational, big crowds at every race, lots of enthusiasm about it, you look at uh, the, 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 you know, the, uh, the WeatherTech Championship the enthusiasm there is about DPI now, the announcements have been out the last few days about, you're looking forward to this, uh, there'll be a, a hybrid element added to those cars in 2022 that's got the interest of a lot of manufacturers, as I think Scott said, there's nine different manufacturers that are kind of looking, at yeah. maybe going to you, know, you didn't say they're definitely going to do it, uh, and you know, pressing the button, the green, the green button is a completely different story than just talking about it. But there's certainly a lot of momentum on Impsa's side.
3: Share uh, the other thing that was interesting to me uh, is the fact that there's, there's no news in some respect about the. Uh, about the schedule and the calendar because the calendars for well first of all the calendars for all seven IMSA sanctioned championships were released at the same time last night which I think is the first time that's ever been done no TBAs on it that's an extraordinary feat in and of itself to be doing that in early August where most championships don't start well even the WeatherTech championship uh, doesn't start till January but you know (laughs) most of them start after that Um, but a certain amount of, I mean, a total amount of stability in there and, and that's never a bad thing. Well, it's, it's always what we talk about. Date
2: equity being the most important thing that you can sell to a fan. That when it comes to be the first week of August, if you live in the Midwest, you know you can drive to Road America and watch a weekend worth of great racing. You might not know what series are going to be there, but you know it's going to be WeatherTech, you know it's going to be Michelin Pilot Challenge, likely Lamborghini, likely the Porsches. Alright, next year it's not going to be Canada as well, because they get a different exciting schedule, which includes going to Calabogie, which man, I'm, I'm really kind of wishing we got together go too. And, and Tromblon, you even said at the time, how do you get invited to go to Mont Tromblon? Mm. I mean, really cool dates being announced for, for the sub series, really cool events that they get to be a part of. But for WeatherTech, I mean, you really can't ask for much more than a calendar that doesn't change their. There are some people who wish that perhaps we'd go to different series, uh, different uh, racetracks every year in the same series. That's not helpful for the teams, though, because then all the data that they've accrued over the race weekend and all the testing completely null and void.
3: Mm. That's a a very good point. Um, We're going to have Scott Atherton on Midweek Motorsport over on RS1 on Wednesday. That's one of our sister channels to IMSA Radio, 8 o'clock UK time. So if you've got any points arising or direct questions you want to ask the man at the top of IMSA, the hashtag is AskAtherton, askatherton to at Radio. And uh, we will put those to Scott on Wednesday. Try and get them in by uh, the end of Monday evening. I know many of you have had the chance to watch and or listen to the state of the series now. That's hashtag AskAtherton at we Radio. And we'll, uh, we'll compile those and put the points to Scott on Wednesday we'll take as much time as we need on Midweek Motorsport on Wednesday night a, a, a couple of little detail changes in one or two of the championships uh, share uh, including the IMSA prototype challenge the big V8s in those uh, LMP3s it's been a big fan favourite the racing's been great uh, little bit of a change to how things is happening in the pits and this has been requested by the teams at the entrance themselves. Importantly uh, that's exactly what the teams were asking
2: for those detail changes and as Scott Atherton said it brings into alignment our series with the global series. For example uh, they don't want any platinum drivers in the series that's nothing new you must however now have a bronze rated driver in your car and even if it's one of the shorter races you have to have two drivers. We've seen this year Stephen McAleer, for example, taking a win in a solo race, an hour and 45 minutes. We've got drivers who can drive a car for an hour and 45 minutes by themselves. But that doesn't necessarily make it fair to the ones who can't or perhaps don't want to. So having it be a two-driver championship, I'm I'm liking that. Um, The one thing that does make me a little bit nervous, though, John, the minimum pit stop time being completely removed, because that's going to add a certain element to the races. It's going to make it more quote-unquote realistic for when you get to the big leagues, but it does add an extra element of rush to everything that we currently don't experience, and I kind of like the fact that everybody has to do their time, you've got the opportunity to make sure that your shoulder belts are over your Hans device in the proper way, that you don't get anything twisted up. You, you know what I mean?
3: Yeah, again, that's been asked for by the teams, yeah, but I, I, I don't disagree uh, with that, and I, I wonder if that'll be one of the questions that comes up for, for Scott uh, in uh, on uh, Wednesday when we have him on, on Midweek Motorsport. Uh, just going through one or two of the the other bits and pieces, we're going to have the... Uh, We're going to have the combined races for Porsches again, like we have this weekend. There'll be one at uh, Watkins Glen again uh, next season. Ferraris are back at Daytona, of course. It's there on you for that. Just going through the rest of it in my mind as I'm going through here. Uh, Yeah, LMP2. Now, that's an interesting one. In the WeatherTech Championship, LMP2, and this I know absolutely came from the paddock because I've talked to a couple of uh, people involved in LMP2 or who want to be involved in LMP2, Daytona, the Rolex 24 Daytona, has been taken out of the LMP2 WeatherTech Championship calendar. It's still in the Endurance Cup, but it effectively becomes a stand-alone race, and that's apparently down to cost, share. Oh, and we've just lost you. Uh, just uh, see if we can get share back. Are you back with us, share?
2: I'm back with you, John, but I I could barely hear what you were saying there. My radio was breaking up.
3: No, sorry about that. Yeah, the uh, Daytona 24, the Rolex Daytona 24, take it out of the substantive schedule on on grounds of cost. Uh, It is an expensive race to do. Take it out of the main championship uh, and make it optional effectively.
2: Yes, if you still want to be a part of it, then you absolutely can come. You can win the... um uh, endurance championship for LMP2, but it is not necessary to win the standard championship. Which, looking at it this year, it's not making any sort of a difference no. in the points because pr One Matheson's still leading the championship, and they were the worst finishing LMP2 car, so they would have a little bit more of a buffer over uh, Performance Tech and Cameron Castles as it is, but it doesn't ultimately make that much of a difference now. The same can't be said for next year because we don't know what the situation is well, going to be like next year.
3: Yeah, indeed. Uh, and uh, as I said, Jeremy, the, 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 we know how expensive it is to go motor racing. And adding a 24-hour race uh, for LMP2 teams... Uh, and you know, because you've done the same, you've talked to people, that definitely came from the paddock. There was yes. no doubt that that was a, a suggestion from the paddock that you and I talked about some time ago and, and said, oh, "Really? Oh, that, I'm not sure anybody would do that. But effectively, that's exactly what's happened. Another great example of Imza listening to their stakeholders and the people... Who make the show?
5: Yeah, there, there were a couple of team owners uh, that, that that mentioned that to me as a, as a good idea. They weren't sure whether IMSA was going to go for it, but they have, and uh, I think it's you know, it makes a lot of sense because uh, you know it, it's it's awfully expensive to run a twenty four hour race. I mean, that that is probably almost half the cost of the season. I mean, it's almost half as many miles as you can do in a whole campaign. Okay, you've got a twelve and a twenty a twelve and a ten hour race after that, but it's a, it's it's certainly. A third of the season running just one weekend, one week, yeah. including the the test. So uh, it, it makes uh, it makes a lot of sense doing that. And yeah, you know, there's there's lots of people. Everybody wants to get that Rolex Rocks. They all want to do the, the Rolex Twenty Four at Daytona. So you can do that without uh, being kind of encumbered by by going for championship points. I think it's a really smart move, and hopefully it, it'll it'll pay off. I'm not sure. You know, with the, with the way the rules are now in Europe, whether it's going to entice. Uh, too many cars to come over but certainly there is interest in Europe in the uh, it's certainly in the Rolex 24 and in the uh, you know in the WeatherTech Championship as well well
3: so I, I think the other thing is Jeremy uh, that it's still going to be Olympic 2 still a class yep. so you can enter it as a one-off mm-hmm. so you could come over from Europe yep. and enter it as a one-off running the, to the same European regulations Uh, You could enter it as part of the four-race endurance cup for LMP if you want, or you can leave it out completely and just do the WeatherTech Championship. I think one slight fly in the ointment there is the week after uh, the uh, Rolex 24, the WEC have got a race in Sao Paulo. Uh, And that might make things difficult for any of the WEC teams to want to come down. But it wouldn't stop an ELMS team, say, somebody like that, coming over. And, And I just wonder if that might entice one or two people, because there's still a watch up for grabs. There everybody loves the watches.
5: There is, and and there's a lot of drivers from North America as well who who, who want to race in the ELMS and or Daytona, and you know this this might um, you know make their decisions a little bit easier to make. So yes, absolutely, I think you're right. And, it, 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 you know, there's lots of LMP2 cars around.
3: these It certainly is, and and Daytona, if you you I mean you don't have to go back at all far, but if you go back way back, it always used to be mm. the opening. Race of the international endurance yes. calendar. Whether you raced here in the states or whether you raced back in Europe, I and mean, it'd be nice to get that feel back again and get a few more wildcard entries. Yeah, it Th-
5: would. I mean, uh, you know, the, the uh, last this this year, Dragon Speed came in there with, with a couple of cars, and they were super yeah. disappointed that there were so few cars in mm. the class. But uh, I think now we you know with 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 everything being spelled out well in advance. Maybe we can get some teams back again and have a stronger LMP2 field.
2: The flip side of that, though, guys, is that if we have a full season championship entrant who gets intimidated by the fact that, say, we have ten <laughs> LMP2 cars, because they then feel that, well, if we have a bad Daytona, our season's done because somebody else could have a less bad Daytona. That now goes out the window
1: completely. Yeah,
3: yeah. Now that that's very good. That is a very good point. That is a very good point. You so you might say that, we don't have to do it, we'll just do the rest of the season. And having a bad Daytona uh, going out early on and not scoring, it doesn't affect the rest of my season. You're right, because oh, yeah, but that's, good. That's, that's, no, no, why that's they, good, that's
5: why they want to correct. do it, correct? Exactly, right. yeah. You know, there's lots of drivers who just want to do Daytona, and that you know, that takes that whole that problem out
3: of the equation.
5: So it's good, I, I think.
3: I want to, uh, I, I was going to say it a little while ago, yes, I was about to say, there's no <laughs> rain on the start-finish line, but down at turn 12, it's biblical, uh, however, it has already spread up to us from uh, Canada Corner, uh, where... On a rained, we're on a, a weather delay, although it wasn't for the weather that we have now. It was for lightning in the air. But now it is very, very wet indeed. We'll keep you updated here on IMSA Radio, what's going on. We're live from Trackside. Share Adam, uh, out of the weather, as should you all be if you are here at Road America. Please find some proper, uh, some proper shelter, some permanent shelter, or get back to your vehicles, please. Uh, Shea's in the ops truck at the moment in the paddock. Thanks, Thanks to IMSA for letting her in
2: quite not useful uh my rain gear is on the pit lane
3: ah mm. <laughs> that's my been, phone that that may oh. have been a tactical error yeah
2: well i left it where i thought it would be easier to get to if rain was to come down and i was out there i didn't leave it easily accessed from the ops truck so no.
1: <laughs> okay
3: ah. okay Adam's the radio, if you want to get involved with this we have no word yet on what might be happening re the race start and So our colleagues at television are on hold as well. We'll give you all the news that we can as it comes through to us. We're not too far away from race control. In fact, they're right behind us and we've also got radio contact as well. But for the moment, nothing happening. We're talking about the state of the series that Scott Atherton, uh, his uh, announcements yesterday evening here at Road America. We will have Scott on Midweek Motorsport next week. If you want to ask him a question, get a clarification and make a point about what you've seen or heard from those announcements yesterday, the hashtag is askatherton uh, to at IMSA Radio. And if we can do that by the uh, sort of close of play Eastern uh, time on Monday evening, that would be good. And we'll get those collated for, for Scott on the show on Wednesday. Jeremy Shaw is alongside me in the booth. Shea Adam is in the opstruck out of the... Nasty weather that's blowing across here uh, at the moment. Um, What else uh, do we need to address then from the uh, state of the series last night? As I said, a few little housekeeping bits and pieces, uh, including some stuff that was particularly great internal news uh, from the paddock about how drivers can get themselves their accreditation uh, by Motul Patilamon, effectively a fast track when they come to uh, the circuits. I've seen that done before. The 24-hour series have had that done before, so you can get fast-tracked through all the races in the year. That's a really good idea. I like like that uh, a lot. Uh, as far as the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which is the next race that we're hoping to see here, this afternoon, Shay. Again, no changes to the format or to the schedule as such. Uh, and still got the two longer races, one at the start of the year and one at Watkins Glen. Those four hour races, very, very popular indeed. Well, I think we've lost Chair in the truck. No, that was just uh,
2: Rob being bold and opening the door to see just how much it was raining. No, that and was a then bad move. all of us going, no, no, Close don't do door. that. <laughs> <the
3: door. laughs> yes.
2: Rob, Rob has just said
0: 100% chance of rain.
2: <laughs> yeah, there we go.
3: <laughs> yeah, 120% humidity at the moment. Yeah, it's, I think it is.
2: It's pretty warm out there right now, too, uh, although it should be cooling off relatively soon, just with the amount of rain in the area. And we're actually hearing it in there that uh, that weather map that you see with the, the concentric circles, John, with mm. the lightning around, there seems to be this little blob that just keeps auto populating uh, in our circle. So that's yeah. not boding well for this weather delay.
3: Yeah, just going back to the Michelin Pilot Challenge, which is the race we're waiting to hear about at the moment. The two four-hour races here year, always popular, and they haven't moved. And again, that's that day equity you were talking about earlier on.
2: Yeah, and, and for the sub-series, too. I mean, we've got some new venues, which is really cool. Uh, did I see um, a street race in Florida on the calendar for the GT3 Cup US? Uh,
3: Seb Pete, yeah. Yeah,
2: that'll be a lot of fun.
3: Um, sharing with IndyCar.
2: Yeah, we've been talking and just sort of um, having having a little bit too much fun over the last couple of weeks john have we not about dream calendars yeah and lms used to run at saint pete that was a lot of fun but miami grand prix
3: i did quite a few laps around there in the old lms vitesse program driving uh, various cars mainly a stick shift audi r8 v8 one of the early cars over there and had a had a had a lot of fun uh, it's getting very bad outside as far as the weather's concerned uh, we'll, we'll give you an update as soon as we get it Jeremy, Sean, Share Adam with us Jeremy, um, we, we mentioned the date equity before uh, in, in that point as we were saying to Shea, no news is good news and it, and it builds a following and, and what we've seen over the last you and I have, have worked together for a number of years now on, on various iterations of, of this championship uh, and I, I think in the last sort of two or three seasons, certainly, there has seemed to be that uptick. The racing's been great. And whatever else you do around a racetrack, ultimately, it's going to stand and fall. Any race series is going to stand and fall by the quality of its racing. And, and Ims have, mostly speaking, do I think they get everything right? No, of course not. Nobody can. And they'd be the first people to say, we're still learning as well. But but the racing has been pretty good. They've, 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 got, the, they've got the sums right.
5: They, they really have. And, and, and the technical team, I think... Most importantly, perhaps, has a respect to the auto racing community. I mean, all the manufacturers, you know, there's some grumbling about BOP, you know, my car's not competitive, but it's not, it's not, it's not kind of a negative grumbling like it has been in the past. Mm. Um, You know, there's, there's certainly there's a i think I'd say it's a newfound respect or added respect for for the way they're going about managing the the process of of trying to keep the cars that are so different as as equally matched as possible without you know, without being false about it, yeah, you know, and I think that they 're very transparent that 's the point i 'm looking for with the manufacturers and the manufacturers certainly respect that, and they 're very much part of the decision making process before before any changes are made, everybody knows what is going to be done and why it 's going to be done
3: yeah, I, I agree with that and that goes for the future and mm-hmm. the direction of the championship as well so not just here and now and and day to day things like schedules and Uh, BOP and and all that sort of stuff but looking forward and the timeline that Scott Atherton uh, announced for the first time for the new 2022 DPI regulations first time that had been seen in public I mean you're talking about finalising the regulations quarter one next year that's two years before we're (laughs) expecting to see the cars on track Now, now that first of all that's a big undertaking because there's a lot to get tied down by then but my goodness me that is surely a, a gold standard for for other series and sanctioning bodies to to have the, the regs two years before your car's got a race. Yeah, I mean that that's
5: always the goal of of every sanctioning body is to to do something like that. Uh, but uh, you know, Scott seemed to be pretty. Uh, pr- pretty confident they can, that they can be achieved. It's, it's a lot easier said than done. I mean, Formula One's been saying that now for, for how long they're going to have their regulations out you know, by, by, I think it was last December, then it was March, then it was February, then it was you know, whatever it was, all the way down the line, and they still haven't made a decision, and, and they don't seem to be able to, to know what they're going to do yet for 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 I think it's 21, isn't it, they're looking at. Mm. So, you know, that's a moving target, but, uh, but IMSA seems they, they seem to think they can come out with these regulations at uh, the latest, he said, by first quarter next year, potentially even b- b- before that. But, you know, that's certainly what they're looking at. They're looking long-term and they're looking to to to, to uh, embrace the stability they have right now. They've had with the regulations the last few years mm-hmm. and, you know, stability is, you know, that's kind of the holy grail for the manufacturers to be involved in. I mean, they, you know, they're never going to make... Uh, commitments more than three or four or five years and look at the ford gt program for example that's yes uh you know been, been sort of sort of called to a halt at least in in the world championship after three years yes. we still don't know yet they haven't yet, they haven't yet said no we won't have ford gt's here next year so um you what,
3: know uh, what they have said and uh, credit to SportsCar 365 and john De Geese for this picked up the, the interview earlier this weekend, that uh, there'll be no DPI for Ford in the current regulations. Now, what they haven't said is is whether 2022 mm. is on the cards or not. But that, it, it, you know, there was uh, has been almost a constant rumour that Ford were ready to wrap up the GT programme and replace it with DPI. But with DPI 2022 so close, I, I do, th- do think it, it makes... Uh, quite a lot of sense to say, well, we're not going to build a car in this car, this regs and then f- have to build another one. We might want to get one year out of it. So we're looking further down the line and having him uh, be able to turn around them and go, thud, there's your regulations, crack on. It's not necessarily the worst thing. And, no. I mean, open secret, um, hybrid was, was mentioned very early on in what we were calling DPI 2.0, DPI 2022. Um, hybrid is going to be a part of it. Uh, it seems that there's a tender document going to go out for a uh, a spec a single supply hybrid unit, which I think is a great idea to potentially to keep the costs down and to stop the arms race that that type of technology could bring up. That's that's going out right now, uh, and that's I mean, that's a that's a uh, an approach that's been um, echoed by IndyCar. They just announced that again recently, and in, in some ways. You have to do that, don't you, Jeremy? Whether or not you think that it's it's right for the racing, but if you're going to attract manufacturers, it's got to be keeping the technology relevant.
5: It's always hard to read the minds of the uh, of the people in charge at the manufacturers, mm-hmm. what they're going to do. But if you look at let's let's look at the World Endurance Championship. I mean, for for a few years there, everything was looking fantastic. You know, they had uh, Toyota, Peugeot, Audi. Porsche in there, Mm. uh, you're all building these super high-tech cars that were just incredibly sophisticated. Everybody goes, wow, you know, how fantastic is that? Well, two years later, it's all fallen by the wayside. You've got one manufacturer in there Mm. and it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's a, yes I am, it's a farce right now. I mean, it's a shame that that it's fallen so quickly, but that's, I think, uh, that they've kind of they sort of hoist by their own petard there because they 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 didn't look forward enough to see how much these manufacturers are spending and the ma- manufacturers thinking you know why are we spending that much money for 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 what we're doing here oh. uh, and so you know th- i think the benefits of the what what the dpi uh, for 2022 is looking like it's nothing like the sort of investment that, that that those manufacturers made to go World Endurance Championship racing. And that, I think, is attractive in this day, As you've got to get your value for money.
3: You and I have talked about this, uh, and I'll and Shere, j- jump in. I'm, I'm going to leave you faded up, so jump in. About just how good a situation American road racing is at the moment. Let's leave NASCAR well, to one side, but both IMSA and... IndyCar. IndyCar in particular have had you know, had their issues, but they've got a format that works. They've got people coming back to the track. Shea, look at Mid-Ohio last weekend. Jeremy was there. That was an awesome crowd on the Sunday. Uh, at the moment, American North American road racing at its highest levels, those two Uh, those two particular championships it's in a very good position and and that's because they've stabilized their regulations and and the racing's been very good indeed
2: yeah when when you're trying to sell a uh, series a group of tracks a, a customer base on the fact that your series is worth investing in i mean let alone sponsors and drivers being able to show the amount of participation from the fans that come out who are we've always been for the fans that's been American Lamont slogan before the merger even happens that's what Don Paynos always used to pre trust his soul that's what you get to sell and when you put out a calendar for this year and and the other thing that I want to throw out too is the encore it was not only announced the dates yes. for this year, but for next year, too. Yes, good point. That's the kind of thing that gets fans really excited, because they can say, you know what? We can go down to November, in the middle of November, we can go down to Sebring.
3: That's 15 we can months, see- months ahead. 15 yeah. months ahead.
2: But, but then the other thing is, we can see the great GT4, GT3, LMP3, and TCR cars, And there's going to be a November fest for the Porsches, the GT3 Cup cars. You're getting a lot of bang for your buck. And you're knowing about it so far ahead. I mean, forget about booking Christmas presents. This is one even better.
3: Yeah, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Uh, No cars on track at the moment. Nobody in the pit lane. We're on a weather hold. uh, Not for the rain that is falling now. It was for uh, lightning in the air with uh, nothing Moving on the infield at the moment. And we've now been hit by torrential rain as well. I think there was a bit of hail uh, earlier on. The, uh, the uh, weather is not being very kind to us. But it is moving relatively quickly. So as long as it doesn't park itself over the top of us, it may well blow through as quickly as it came in. For the moment, we're staying on the air. Uh, we're waiting to hear from race control uh, if there's any updates, I suspect not at the moment. The weather and the track, looking around the track, we've got access to the locked-off cameras. And thanks to our TV colleagues for leaving them up for us. But they, uh, clearly they've had to take their camera operators down with the uh, lightning in the air. The track looks marginal to possibly raceable. I've seen it much worse here. Uh, And getting a few cars on it might make a difference. But that is some way off at the moment. I I don't think the the rainfall is still the issue. It's the lightning. Well, and even uh, beyond uh, that,
2: um, when we do go to get racing, the cars are all on the slick tires on which they qualified. They can't do a lap of this track on slick tires. So then they're all going to need to be pushed back into their pit boxes to change onto the wet tires. So that adds another level of logistics that the crew that I'm with are currently trying to figure out how to deal with.
3: Uh, we are on scanner frequency 454 here at the circuit and on the PA system. Please keep yourself undercover at the moment, not just to keep yourselves dry, but to keep yourself safe from any electrical activity uh, in the area as well. We'll continue with a bit of chat. We're going to try and drag a few people down from the press room. Uh, Jeremy Shaw, she, Adam me, John Hindhoff, here in the booth. She is actually in the Ops trailer uh, sheltering under permanent uh, shelter with uh, some of the IMSA staff at the moment. you want to get involved, it's at IMSA Radio. We'll keep you going. We've got no intention of uh, disappearing and leaving you with uh, nothing until we get something concrete about what's going on here. State of the Series announcement last night, and we'll continue to uh, have a wee chat about that as we go through, plus some potential developments for the... Series. We'll get a few comments if we can, as I say, from uh, people down in the press room. Ah, and I, I fear I'll feel a saviour coming on as John Dekeese of Sports Car Three Six Five pops into the booth. Now, this is your home race, John. First of all, thank you for coming down and, and joining us. Yeah, glad to be here. Good, good to have you. This is your home race. You could have organised the, the weather for us a little bit better, yeah, better. well, we had better weather. We had better, better weather the last few days until. Uh Today. It was it was nigh on perfect to yeah. be honest when we drove up from uh, Chicago on uh, on on Tuesday we've just been discussing as I'm sure you, you've uh, been hearing about the the state of the series I saw you having a chat with Scott straight after uh, the announcements um, th- there's not there's not many headlines there except stability and growth really and that is, is is that that surely is a good thing
6: absolutely when you look at what the calendar has produced over the last few few years i think we haven't had a venue change since 2017 mm. and only slight changes in the calendar in, in terms of the dates so it's been extremely good to uh to see that stability in in the weather tech championship and michelin pilot challenge as well you know i i don't really can't think of another championship that has had that kind of stability in recent years you look at you know a lot of uncertainty in some other sports car championships yep. um, also you know date changes are always a plenty in in, in some other series but in, in IMSA it seems to be the norm to have this stability, and that's great for the fans, it's great for everybody. Not a
1: single
3: TPA on any of the se- seven calendars yeah. that were announced, that's extraordinary. I mean, you talked about date changes in other championships there, there was a date change that has had an effect, but only a positive one, from the FIA WEC because there had been a clash between I think Mid-Ohio and a WEC round, and a Formula E event as well, and that's now gone away which I think, a great sigh of relief for some of the drivers and manufacturers in this paddock.
6: Yeah, so there's always been a clash with the six hours of spa and and an IMSA race, I think, since the formation of the the, the WeatherTech Championship. It was first Dakota, and then we moved to mid-Ohio. And um, luckily, that's going to be one week earlier next year for the WEC. That alleviates, like you said, the Formula E clash and IMSA clash. So this will allow as far as we know, uh, teams, drivers to compete both in the WEC and IMSA WeatherTech Championship full-time ah, next year because point. Um, other than the Le Mans test day in Detroit Clash, which is usually pretty well, you know, easily avoided with a, a quick plane ride over uh, sat- on, on Saturday evening. Um, I and mean, of course,
3: if you're already qualified, you don't have to do exactly, yeah. the, the test day on the Sunday at, at Le Mans. And we were discussing early on, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on this. The uh, the LMP2 field uh, has been small this year, just mainly just two cars since they were taken out of the running for the for the overall honours. The decision made by IMSA, we hear, under lobbying from LMP2 teams in the paddock and, and others who might want to come back. Um, Daytona taken out of the championship, positive move in your
6: thought? I think so, because it does allow a different driver lineup to be a part of that race. So a team can sell a lineup for a four-driver lineup, maybe paired up with some pro and ams, for Daytona only, and then shift to a different lineup for the six other races in the championship. Mm. And while Daytona remains a points paying round for the Michelin Endurance Cup, they can a team can still win the teams championship with different drivers in those four races. Yeah. So I think it's a really smart move. It was something sort of proposed by Bobby Origal from PR one Matheson um, he's the one, I think, that came up with the idea, um, speaking to performance. Quite radical. Yeah. I yeah. mean, a
3: quite a radical idea. Oh, yeah. and, and fair play to, to Imza for, A, listening to it, and then, B, actioning it as well. It would have been easy to go, yes, 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 we'll listen, and almost sort of pat him on the head and push him away.
6: Yeah. I'm not so sure how Brent O'Neill feels about it, though. He's sort of 50-50 on the idea. But at the same time, you can still run your full-season drivers in that race if you'd like. You know, yeah. you just don't get points. Yeah. So it's a smart idea. I think it'll work you know to get some more teams over for sure.
5: I, I don't see any negatives in it at all quite frankly yeah. I, I, I can't envisage any I think uh, like you say I mean yeah, if you want to run your, your regular drivers in that race, go for it do it great. 88 and and, and they will have a better chance probably Mm. of winning the Michelin Endurance Cup at the end of the season as well
3: yeah that's a good point because those four races remain point scoring Um, here at the track we're on 88.3 FM and scanner frequency 454 if you're listening to us on the P at the moment and you want to get back uh, into a vehicle or something 88.3 or scanner frequency 454 here at the track. John, we were talking about Ford and the uncertainty uh, uh, around Ford and the GT. We know that the the GTs have gone from the WEC now. Um, We don't know what's happening for next year here with Chip Ganassi, Ford GT USA team. But what we do now know, thanks to you asking the direct question, is no DPI
6: in this iteration of DPI for Ford, at least. Correct. Um, there was some discussion. There was a, a car in some early stages of, devel- devel- of development. For really? What we understood. Yeah. I'm right. um, not sure if it made it actually past the, 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 the three, you know concept phase, but um, definitely there was some work at Multimatic to build a Gen 1, the current generation DPI for Ford. Um, ultimately, it looks like they just ran out of time. The timing wasn't... To their liking, they were waiting on the, the specifics for DPI 2.0 before being able to commit to the, this current generation. Mm. And Ford's been a big champion of a high-voltage hybrid system. And from what we understand, that agreement came a little too late um, internally between the manufacturers.
3: so remind me who you were talking to when Mark you did Rushbrook. This. Thank you, yeah. Mark Rushbrook. Yeah, yeah. the Who's... director
6: of Ford Motorsports for performance. For performance. Yeah. What?
3: Did, what sense did you get speaking to Mark about whether 2022 would be
6: on their radar and something that they'd be interested in for the Blue Oval? He seems extremely interested still, and that's interesting to me because if you're not going to have a factory presence in the next two years, where is that team going to come from? Right. If you're able to keep a team like Ganassi afloat, even with somewhat of a semi-works GT program next year or a DPI, it would make it a lot easier for that to transition into 2022. Uh, Personally, I'm a little less optimistic whether this could happen, you know, in in 2022, although he seems interested. I know Ford is really seriously looking at some kind of an electric hybrid race program. They've been evaluating Formula E. They've been evaluating the, the rally cross situation over there. That's now in a bit in flux in terms of what their package is gonna be in terms of an electric series. So I think you know, IMSA has a compelling story to tell with what they're planning with hybrid. It hasn't been officially announced what form of hybrid system it'll be, but we got some details last night about, you know, the the tender that'll be open for between manufacturers.
5: And I think it's been interesting, hasn't it, to 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 see all the the positivity about the IndyCar announcement just mm. one week ago. They they're gonna have a again a relatively headline
3: there is 900 horsepower baby exactly
5: right <laughs> that, and all the drivers are saying yes please well they're tricky cars to
3: drive now yeah. imagine I, what is that another couple of hundred horsepower that, that, I, yeah, that Jeremy? Ba- yeah basically yeah yeah that that's i mean getting a couple of hundred horsepower out of a hybrid system you've, you've there's street level uh hybrid systems that aren't too big and too unwieldy mm. uh to be honest that the uh panamera uh, turbo se uh uh, hybrid, the Sport Turismo that was leading round the uh, the Porsche GT3 Cup cars rather too often. That's a couple of hundred horsepower on that car bolted onto a 500 horsepower uh, V8 uh, engine, four liter V8. So those systems yeah. aren't aren't pie in the sky.
5: No, they're not, and, and and they are. You know, they're relevant to to road car technology nowadays. And, and that's key. I think it doesn't. I think it doesn't need to be, you know, uh, over the top. Like, like in, in 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 the World Endurance Championship, when was it three well, years that, ago? That was bleeding edge. They, they had two different hybrid systems on the cars, and they were going to add a third. And I thought, I mean, I'm no, I'm no, don't look at me on that. I'm no technical expert at all. But I thought, you've got to be
1: kidding.
3: Well, that and was cost- proving that was proving technology at, at the very, very cutting edge yeah. and driving it forwards. Yeah. We don't often see that now nowadays in in racing. Most innovations come to a road car first, and then get. Evaluated and modified into race cars. It's been a long time since something came from a race car directly into the road cars. You know, even things like active aero have have been on road cars uh, nowadays. But while we're talking about moving forward, John, a couple of things that I noticed that they weren't exactly glossed over, but they were mentioned and left hanging there for questions to be asked. I felt the um, E. TCR initiative, IMSA being the overarching uh, franchisee, if you like, for TCR here in the States, and an IMSA electric prototype program.
6: Yes. So this was sort of teased at Detroit when they announced the IMSA Green initiative. And um, we'd known about ETCR for some time. That was formally announced um, by WSC Technology, um, um, the the parent company in, in Europe that runs, that operates san- sanctions and sanctions and creates the rules for TCR internationally, um, that championship is supposed to start late next year as an international series and then um, ultimately be offshooted to domestic championships by 2022. And I think that's the timeline IMSA is looking at for a potential standalone ETCR championship series on IMSA weekend. So I think we're talking, you know, 25, 30 minute races. They won't be very long. Um, but it's breaking some new territory in terms of an, a fully electric platform. And like you said, e-prototype, we know less about that right now. Um, I, I'm aware of one group that is developing some sort of a concept, uh, spec system like prototype that's being presented in association with IMSA, but I don't know if there's an OEM behind that, so it's sort of a bit unclear.
3: Well, I, I mean, Formula E have now proved you can do that. You can have an electric racing series. They were using exceptionally old technology. It was five years old when they started with it five years ago, and the, the advances that have come on since then, and, and I know with your partner site the sports car 365 e365 uh, you you keep across that they've opened up the technology a little bit but the danger there i always feel is that if you allow innovative OEMs particularly like Audi to run with the ball then one of the things about formula e was that it was reasonably uh, priced that you could get into it for not a lot of money you could run the series for not a lot of money it ticked a lot of uh, of of green credential boxes Audi comes in and starts being allowed to develop things and you might as well
6: hand them the trophy because they're going to spend as much money as it'll take to win. And now we have Porsche coming in to formally next season and Mercedes and the budgets there are about to skyrocket. And there's a lot of concerned people over there about where that's going and in having been part of the WEC through the LMP1 yeah. hybrid era, it's actually reminding me a lot of that right now. Yeah, and, no kidding. And I, I think it's really important as we develop, as championships and the series develop electric green technology, that it needs to be, you know, consistent. It needs to be a, a spec battery system. There needs to be, you know, a lot of, maybe common parts with these with this technology because otherwise you're going to get many, a huge manufacturers race
5: yeah it's going to become like formula one and whoever spends the most money is going to win and there's going to be two or three people as in formula one that are spending ridiculous amounts of money and everybody else you know if you're if you're a privateer team that happens is able to tie it with a manufacturer you're going to be thinking hey this is great fantastic you know let's do it but uh, you know there's going to be two or three teams in that situation and everybody else is going to be uh, say, you know, going to be out out of luck. So – They've got to be really, really careful with that.
3: We're on uh, delay for extreme weather at the moment. The rain is easing off, but it was lightning that was holding us up for the uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge. However, I've got some breaking news coming in about the WeatherTech Championship, and that is Ollie Gavin is on pole position. The BMW has been excluded for a ride height infraction. That moves everybody up one. So that's breaking news. Uh, Thanks to Tony De for from uh, Michelin for bringing uh, that in so uh, John may have to run off and write a a story at the moment if you're listening around the track uh, we are on 88.3 88.3 FM hello to Jules Peck from Milton Keynes who's come across to do a bit of American Racing in the tunnel near turn 14, listening to the updates and what's going on here. Uh, John, if you feel you can stay fine, if you need to have to rush off and, and type something I've, up, I'll, I've I'll got, understand. I've got
6: a few more minutes. No
3: okay. Um, Shea, Adam, are you still with us in the uh, the tech truck or in the ops truck?
2: I am. Uh, we are making a move while oh. the weather has abated a bit, and we are going to go over to the tech barn and see if we can find more people to talk
3: to. Alright, that's brilliant, Shea. Thank you very much indeed. Good thought uh, on that. Generally speaking then, John, uh, what, what we Take out of uh, out of last night is stability is good, growth is good, growth is always good, yes. uh, and the direction of IMSA going forward, having had a, a very successful 50th anniversary season, is that the momentum will be taken forward into 2020 and beyond.
6: Yeah, I'm extremely excited what the future brings, and when you look at other championships like we said you know when there's a lot of changes there's that cast doubt and question over the stability of regulations etc and especially with IMSA sort of declaring DPI 2022 you know the timeline they established that timeline last yeah.
3: night I mean extraordinary to put that out in the public domain right now to have the regulations signed sale delivered and out to competitors and potential cup competitors two years before the first car has to race in anger
6: that's remarkable if, if they reach that point. And every. Direction. It seems that they will be. I heard that potentially by the end of this year, they'll have wow. at least a, a solid set of draft regulations. So, yeah. And again, what we're talking about for DPI 2022 is not a complete new set like what the ACO and FIA are doing with Hypercar. This is all from what I believe is more or less an evolution from what we see with DPI so we'll be having still on a P2 platform from what I'm aware of yes there was initially some discussion from some manufacturers that wanted something more um, something more bespoke something potentially that could be similar to hypercar in a way where there could be a, a sharing of, of powertrains and and possibility for some manufacturers to maybe make a hypercar and a DPI but, but isn't
3: the problem there that there is no hypercar regulations and therefore you don't know what you were aiming for at The moment you're shooting at a target that not only is a moving target, you can't actually see it.
6: Yeah. I was told by the ACO in Barcelona last month that last week, well, what was it last week? Yeah, right before Spot 24 that they've sent out regulations to manufacturers, but they are in draft form right now. So things can definitely change. Mm. And we're talking about a championship that's starting in what? A 20? year's time. Yeah.
3: A year's time, yeah, and and there aren't actually any regulations that you can sit down and read and find out how big your overhangs are allowed to be and your venturi in the bottom of the cars, um, if if you uh, if you like um, the uh, the the situation as I say going forward then looks looks pretty good uh, for for IMSA. Um, what are you hearing about um, where we might be in terms of grids next year? Um, obviously, there's a Big question mark over the Ford GT in, in GT Le Mans. DPI, room for a couple of new entrants there. Are there going to be customer cars from, say, uh, Acura or a Mazda?
6: I'm not sure about Mazda, but it appears unlikely for Acura. Um, there was talk of a customer Acura for this year that was ultimately shot down. Um, from what I understand, there was a team that was inquiring about it for next year, and um, Team Penske still holds the exclusivity contract for the ARX05, and it looks like they're going to keep holding that for next year. For, the, for, for, the, for next for, season. For next season. So, yeah, I think, that'll be
3: the third season, one, which is what was signed up for in the first correct, place. Correct.
6: The Penske contract, I believe, is for three years, and so... it will probably be seen more of the same from the Acura side of things. So the only possibility for additional customer cars could come from Mazda should they make their car available. Mm. Um, I think Cadillac's pretty much stretched a bit thin as there is um, with with their five. The chassis that are out there. Yeah, and and the core core cars are... technically available if somebody wanted to go buy one, Mm -hmm. but they'd need support from Nissan in terms of the engine.
3: Because that's just an engine rental deal, isn't it, effectively? Yeah. 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 Just going back to the the, the 2022 regulations, the other thing that I meant to mention is the uh, slightly more freedom over the aero and the styling package. And and apparently that's come from the OEMs as well. We're we're talking about um, these DPIs, and the concept, to me, of of hypercar is, is not that dissimilar from what IMSA put in place in the first place, and it's even closer to 2022's regulations, where manufacturers want to actually, they, they want the aero package to look even more like their street cars.
6: Yeah, all of this is sort of starting to blend in together more and I more. I keep forgetting
3: <laughs> which ones come from which
6: side at times. <laughs> the only outlier are these production-based hypercars that the ACO is encouraging, like the mm. Aston Martin Valkyrie, because that literally comes from a GT, a production car chassis. So... I don't know how those are going to mix in with a prototype-based formula like we see. You know.
3: Well, I've in- spoken to several manufacturers who've said for the for the ACO, if we jump back across to the other form of, of sports car racing. But it's all, you know, we're all in the same piece of pie, I suppose. Is that if you have the opportunity to design a prototype or to convert a, any, even a very exotic street car, you'd build the bespoke prototype every time because yeah. there's fewer. Um, fewer compromises that you have to make exactly Yeah. and it's actually probably no more expensive and could be actually less expensive to do something bespoke than to try and adapt you know I, I was involved in the Salim project and I, I remember having to uh, w- all the work we had to do on the on the street car to make it a, a road car which most of which was detuning it and, and, and taking stuff off the car rather than putting stuff yeah. on it which yeah. is extraordinarily difficult to do exactly. and and costly
6: yeah, and I think it's a huge challenge for somebody like Aston Martin to, to jump into a program like Hypercar, and we're going to have to see how that develops over the next 12 months. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, what? Uh, so just a, a final thought on uh, what you heard last night, the rest of the season, uh, and, uh, and then going into 2022, IMSA looks to be in a good place. Are we going to have bigger grids next year, do you
6: feel? Uh, personally, I don't think so. I think we're going to have very similar grids to what we have now. In some now. respects,
3: that's not bad. Because exactly. some of the places we couldn't squeeze another car on the pit lane unless we had some liquid soap and a shoe. Or? Yeah.
6: yeah. I- I'm personally hoping we see some Ford GTs maybe in customer hands. You know, Mark Rushbrook indicated that to me, that it's still a possibility. Ben Keating? I don't think so. Or is he going to so. go to WEC? I-, I think that's more likely right now. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I-, I think there's a possibility for him maybe to race an ELMS with the with the Ford. Ooh. Um that 's one option, but i don 't think we 'll see the Ford over here um, for from for Ben, but maybe it 's best to ask him about his plans well the he s- he
3: said a shit today would definitely the, the thing that he said was absolutely definite that he, that we 'd see him race at Daytona what he didn 't say was in what and whether that would be a one off or a or a full well, season. he could
6: race in multiple cars he 's done that before in Daytona so <laughs> <laughs> who knows with ben um i 'm uh, given his relationship with Riley, I wouldn't be surprised to see him in a Mercedes there at least. Okay, and then you know we'll you know I, he does have the option to race the Ford, you know, but it's a monumental task to go against the factories with a basically privateer effort, you yeah. know. And I, and the fact and the, the
3: the level of the factory racing here is absolutely no less than the level of the factories in in the World Championship.
6: Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's why I think it's going to be difficult to see Fords on the grid, at least on a full-time there's no basis. Because there's no AM part of, Exactly, of there's here. no GTE AM Yes, here, that's a good so, point, of course. You know. Yes, yes,
3: I see where you're going yeah. with that. John, I'll let you go and write okay. up some more stories because there's stuff coming through all the time. John yep. DeGeese from sportscar 365 thank you very much indeed okay. for coming to see us. Always a pleasure to have John on. And at IMSA Radio, don't forget the story, just breaking a change in the pole position for GT Le Mans for tomorrow's WeatherTech Championship. The BMW, we have been informed, has been removed from pole position, promotes the Corvette, ride height infringement. Uh, Jeremy, uh, it's a tough one to take, but rules is rules when it comes down to post-qualifying tech. Yeah, and, and, and it was the same problem
5: for the GTD BMW at uh, Detroit when uh, Robbie Foley put the car in pole position. I think that was I think that was a right heart thing as well, wasn't it? Yeah, I think Uh, it might be right. It it was a minuscule uh, amount by which it failed, but fail it did. So out it went.
3: Uh, By the uh, way, just unfortunate. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, but just hearing that uh, the earliest we will get a decision on uh, moving forward, if nothing else changes, will be about sixteen minutes from now at uh, five. O'clock, I earliest think, I, I earliest think, start. Yeah, earliest start. Yeah, for, earliest start for the countdown to getting underwear. Is earliest start for the race? No, earliest start for for going back into the uh, the cycle. Going yeah. back into the I, timeline. I, I right. Mean, got
5: only you. a few minutes ago, there were lightning strikes within the t- ten mile radius here. Okay. Uh, just literally maybe five minutes or so ago. So uh, that's got to clear on out before we can get back
3: to. Uh, just going back to the Formula yeah. E thing, by the way, and the arms race, and why a spec hybrid in DPI is being uh, hailed as a good idea, and indeed, I believe that's the same idea in IndyCar. Um, the FIA have uh, basically outlawed any idea of having a twin hybrid system in uh, in FIA um, Formula E, and apparently there were a couple of manufacturers who wanted to uh, spread their technology they were. wings. Uh, so that's uh... Okay, Adam, down there, back of the ops truck, uh, weather's still a little bit difficult outside.
2: Um, it stopped raining, which is the good news, but it's still thundering quite loudly. Um, I did come across Jeff Carter, who was on his way to finally get a bite to eat, so I didn't want to stop him from <laughs> doing that for too long. But I had him explain to me the kilowatt per hour thing that's on the BOP, right, so we on. can solve that mystery. Right,
3: go on, fire away, because that's a mystery to me as well.
2: Okay, it's a different form of horsepower, in effect. So seven a different way of measuring it, yeah. Yes, so 7.7 uh, kilowatts equals 10 horsepower. So effectively, it's a certain amount of permissible uh, horsepower over a certain RPM. So that's when we see that being affected on the BOP sheets. It, you can think of it as horsepower. That's what it is. They're just doing it in kilowatts right. instead.
3: What? How many? So what have we got to times it by?
2: 7.7 kilowatts uh-huh. per hour is 10 horsepower.
5: Right. Yeah, so 1.7. Two or something, one point three something like that. If right. you say so, Jeremy. Multiply,
3: yeah. I'm going to leave you to do all I'm calculations. I'm old school. Um, <laughs> the jewels are not with either. No, I've never understood <laughs> no. killer jewels and mega joules and yes. all of that. Uh, hello to Essex Bloke says, when's the live feed available? Clean to watch from the UK. Uh, we'll let you know as soon as we do. No decision yet. Uh, more on the way is what we're uh, seeing on the weather radar. But uh, at the moment, the rain has stopped here on the start-finish straight.
5: And the wind has uh, has has dried down considerably.
3: Yes. Now, we've got a few people wandering out to stick their hands out and do the old-fashioned test to see if it's raining rather than looking (laughs) at the... Uh, radar, so this is looking a little more promising, the pit lane oh. is coming back to life who's
5: going out on the, on as the gantry. well,
3: and we have both of our starters heading out onto the gantry, this might be a photo or a video opportunity here For the white flag's been waved I think Dennis, is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dennis has given up <laughs> we are, um, <laughs> we're surrendering we're surrendering to the weather But I, I I think this is uh, not official. I think this is uh, something else that's going on up there. Because I've just seen who's up there with, and uh, yeah, we've got uh, a little bit of uh, movement though down in the pit lane. Shea uh, Adam is now back outside because the obstructs have been cleared with IMSA staff. Well,
2: they're starting to clear everybody to go back out to the pit lane. We're resuming operations to prepare to try and get this going again. There is another cell in the area, so there is a possibility that we will have to shut everything down. But we're going to get people going back out to the pit lane and cars will have to change onto the wet tires because yes. obviously it's not a dry track.
3: Yeah, and, and that that's, uh, means that the tires that they're... have on at the moment, have all got to come up. This Honest Dave says, any news on when the new Corvette C8R will debut? One would expect to see that car at Daytona next year. Um, If it's going to race at Le Mans, it's got to be ready right now and go through homologation for the FIAWEC. As yet, despite all the leaked videos, despite all the rumour, there has been, and I've been asked to point this out, there has been no official announcement from Corvette Racing. So we wait. It's not our news to break, uh, but we wait for them to make their decision. We had a look around uh, a target-top version of the streetcar last night, which is here at the circuit, and a very, very purposeful-looking machine. That was indeed uh, the... I know this won't make it to the race car, but the interior in particular is uh, very, very flash. And it, uh, almost infinitely customisable from what I read on the Corvette website. Not that I've been there and spec'd up a couple of cars, of course. No, no, not me. Not at all. Absolutely not, responsible adult. No, no, not having another car. Or all right then, if I'm pushed. only if i'm pushed no it was very nice it's it's a it's a very different departure of course with the v8 engine in the middle of the car which is visible uh when you put the lid down you can still see through that and the the engines there we wait uh for corvette racing to make the decision about that i would be shocked however and this is me saying this Uh, Nobody else. I would be shocked, Jeremy, if we didn't see that car debut at the Raw and race at the Rolex 24 in 2020. I I can't see it not. I can't see the debut being anywhere else in terms of its competition debut than a race here in North America. Can you? No, no,
5: no. I think it's uh, highly likely we'll be seeing that car and uh, it it does look pretty impressive, wasn't it? Just a gl- glimpse of it yesterday evening. I didn't really get a chance to uh, study it very, for very long. But uh, yeah, it's a good looking car.
3: Yeah, you see, you need a new coupe here. You won't have a new car for a while. That'd be right <laughs> up your street. Years. Yeah, that'd be right <laughs> up your street, wouldn't it? <laughs> Big V8 right next to your lugs. Uh, you're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live, and we've stayed live all the way through this delay on our countdown to green for the Michelin Pilot Challenge, uh, a two-hour competition. Uh, as far as we are aware, if we get any more information, as soon as we get it, we'll pass it on to you. eighty eight point three around the track and scanner frequency four five four around the world on RS two IMSA Radio. And Shea Adam is now back in her natural environment of uh, the pit lane. Does so that feel much better? Now, big with question Where's your rain, your where's rain gear? gear? Um, I'm
2: walking towards it. Right. That's the important news. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. My rain gear is pretty much directly across from you, John. It's ah. near the MSA timing stand at the start-finish line. Right. So that is stop number one. But... How wet
3: will it be? Uh, no, dry. It's been under, it it under cover. It's been under the AZ. Okay. Okay, Yeah. Good. And
2: it's in my OMP bag. So if yeah. it's wet, then my phone is wet. And then that... Not good. All Not not good. good. No. no. The cars are also being given dispensation to get in their wet weather clothes as well because they will be putting on their wet weather tires before we resume the grid pattern. Now, how they're going to do that is the safety car will be deployed at a very slow speed and then they will reissue the cars to get in line as they were for the grid walk because the pit lane boxes, as my notes show are not at all corresponding with our qualifying orders. Ah, yes, good point. That's how all that will play out. It'll look a little bit messy. They'll give everybody the sighting laps to get a feel for just how this track is out there on the wet Michelin tires. And then we'll go
3: green. Thank you, Cher. Cher Adam down the pit lane. Shout up if you uh, find anybody who we can have a chat to. Brilliant stuff from John DeGeese. Thanks, uh, John, the man at the the creator and... uh, Founding editor, I think you would call him, of Sportscar 365 and A365. Uh, thanks to him for popping in. Bob Barfield's been in as well to have a chat just to keep us up to date with what's going on. Jeremy Shaw and I looking at a racetrack. I tell you what, that surface of that racetrack is, uh, is looking very good indeed outside of us. I'm sure there'll be spray thrown up when cars go around it, Jeremy. But uh, that stood up very well to an awful lot of rain falling in a very short time indeed.
5: Yeah where we are here right right by start finish line there's there's a bit of a crown to the road there plus there's sort mm-hmm. of the the flow downhill toward the, the final corner turn 14 so this is always going to look probably better than most places on the race track. down toward turn 1 where the where the topography sort of flattens out a bit uh, there's often sort of puddles down there but certainly in places down by turn 5 and particularly down at Canada corner it can get quite wet and we saw after that little shower right before qualifying well, I guess it was in the middle of qualifying, wasn't it, for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship? After the GTD cars had been out there, there was some residual water on the exit of turn 14 yes, as was. well. which uh, Yes, there was. Which was quite, uh, you know, a lot more substantial than it initially appeared from our vantage point,
3: which getting, we can't see. Getting on towards 11 o'clock in the UK, uh, sorry to tell you that we're not uh, racing just at the moment. If you are just joining us either uh, on the audio or the video feed and we'll give you news when that video feed will be up and running for the international audience and for those here in the hue s as well uh, quite extraordinary lengths being gone to by some of the drivers to keep their race boots uh, tidy who's that who's stomping up paul holton oh i think you're right yes it is it's paul holton who is stomping up the pit lane in the manner of an imperial uh, stormtrooper
5: Mm. He's got some plastic bags tied around his uh,
3: his sort of lo- lower, lower legs. Yes. We're getting towards five o'clock here. Uh, just uh, six minutes before five local time, with the last word that we had from race control being that the pre-race schedule wouldn't start again before five o'clock. But it's starting to brighten up a bit. Uh, we've got plenty of time left, I would say, in terms of daylight. It was uh, it was light until well after seven o'clock last night. Oh, eight, oh well after eight. Eight o'clock, sorry, so, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's good news, uh, because these cars aren't really supposed to run in darkness. We've uh, not qualified in the darkness and run darkness sessions, so that will be a consideration. It's the Countdown to Green for the Michelin Pilot Challenge here at Road America. Thank you for staying with us. And if you are just joining us, we'll give you as much information as we get as soon as we get it, particularly on when the video feed will come up. And we'll synchronise with that, of course, in a little while. Thanks to Rob back in the UK, who is uh, still up and around at nearly 11 o'clock UK time, making sure that we're talking to the world. Just doing some uh, promotional photographs on the starter stand at the moment. And uh, so let's not get too excited about the sight of a green flag out there at the moment. The key thing to me is that the track itself looks pretty good. The wet areas or the grass areas either side will be pretty damp. So you won't want to be putting your wheels off even if you've got Michelin wets on. The for those of you here at the track uh, if you stay tuned to 454 you will hear us or stay on your data for IMSA radio will be passing um uh, we'll be passing you back to the uh passing you back to the formalities and Tony Laporta in uh, around about 2 minutes from now so that's very very good indeed And then we will join up with our good news indeed. Uh, So that's uh, very good news. And then we'll get back underway with our combined TV and radio broadcast as well. So for the moment, uh, stay with us on IMSA Radio and we'll give you confirmation of everything that we've just talked about. The big news coming in whilst we've been here waiting for the IMSA weather, for the IMSA. uh, Michelin Pilot Challenge actually concerns tomorrow's race and the post-qualifying checks have taken place and that has seen the pole position uh, taken from BMW and handed to Corvette. Ollie Gavin then taking a pole position the first time for quite some time that the Corvette has been, uh, that Ollie Gavin has been on pole position. I think it was Laguna Seca last year from memory that that happened. Stay with us on IMSA Radio, uh, Watkins Glen for uh, Tonyo Garcia, but I think Ollie. Was, uh, was quite some time ago. Stay with us on IMSA Radio. For those of you around the world, we'll be joining shortly our colleagues at TV. As soon as we get the note on that, we will tell you that can't be that far away. But for those of you here at the track and on 88.3 FM, uh, we'll hand you back for the formalities to Tony Laporta. This is all good news. Things are moving along. Take it away, Tony. So for those of you listening further afield, uh, we are continuing to count down Our uh, our countdown to green, wet tyres, wet groove tyres going on to the cars in front of us, Jeremy. This is all very positive now. The pit lanes come to life and come to life quite quickly. Everybody, I'm sure, delighted to have something to do and to be working towards the race start.
5: Yeah, very much so. And uh, if we look look out of our booth, we can look uh, north, south and and west and uh, we can see... Uh, sunshine we can see rain we can see heavy clouds we can see not so he- not so heavy clouds there's all sorts of things out there so I don't think it's going to be completely dry for the next couple of hours but with a bit of luck we'll be able to get this race in and uh, I believe if if we don't have any more uh, any more uh, light thunder and lightning Lightning, in particular, then uh, we, we might be able to, to to make some progress here. It's looking pretty positive at the moment, but we've seen over the last couple of hours now, I guess it would be we've had these sort of, these sort of storms just sort of kind of pop up. We're only about what fifteen miles from from the um, from from Lake Michigan, and, and it's kind of the effect of uh, the, of the uh, the water over there that you know the, the cooler water. And the and the warm air coming in from the from the west that is just causing these sort of thunderstorms. Storms, just call them, they call, call them pop up thunderstorms. They just mm. literally come up out out of nowhere and then go away away again. Uh, and it's it's something that is fairly common in this part of the world. And just unfortunate it hit us this afternoon because we thought the weather forecast uh, when we when we left the track yesterday we thought it was looking really really good for the whole rest of the weekend.
3: Uh, Jeremy, uh, it sure is alongside me. Uh, I'm hearing we will be joining our TV colleagues in about four minutes' time. Can you do the grid in four minutes? I think so. Right, Rob, back in London, can you play the grid music, please? And Jeremy will rattle through the grid before we go to sound and vision. Here's Jeremy Shaw with the Runners and Riders.
5: The Road America 120 then round seven out of ten of this year's IMSA Michelin Pilot Challenge. We have 33 cars on the grid, made up of 20 in GS, 13 TCR, 33rd on the grid will be Ryan Nash in the Europarts.com Rover Racing Audi RS3, that's car number 12, row 16 in the grid, Mark Cavami in number 3, KMW Motorsports with TMR Engineering, Alfa Romeo Giulietta TCR, his teammate in car number 5, Roy Block, will start alongside him, Gavin Ernstine, it will start at 61, the Roadshaker Racing by e It's That's another Audi RS3 LMS. Alongside him, Chad Gilsinger in the HART a Honda Civic C- TCR, can number 89. Can number 84 will start in the 28th position. That's the Atlanta Speedworks Honda Civic TCR. Alongside him, Michael Johnson, can number 54, JZC Miller Motorsports, another Audi RS3. Row 13, Mason Felipe, in 21, one of two Brian Herter Autosport Kerb Agajanian and Hyundai Veloster NTCRs, alongside the LA Honda World Racing, uh, Honda Civic TCR, count number 52, Colin Mullen. Chris Miller from Minnesota will start number 17, JDC Miller Motorsports Audi. Alongside him, Nick Gallant in kind of a 23, the fast MD racing Audi. Onto the front row in TCR, the championship leader, car kind of 98, Brian Herder Autosport with Kerb Agajanian. Uh, the Hyundai Veloster NTCR, that we started by Mark Wilkins. And on the pole position for the first time this season, his second pole in this championship but the first since 2012 at Daytona when he did it in GS that'll be Shelby Blackstock in count number 37 the LA Honda World Racing a Honda Civic TCR count number 37 moving on to GS Paul Holton, after uh, after some problems in in qualifying he will start last count number 75 that's a Compass Racing McLaren 570s GT4 alongside him the Mercedes AMG of Ted Giovannis in count number 4 Count number 71, Rebel Rock Racing Chevrolet Camaro GT4R, that will be started by Frank Depew, with James Clay well up in the championship. Count number 82, Bimber World Racing BMW M4 GT4, he's got a lot of work to do in this race. Henry Schmidt making his return this weekend in count number 88, another BMW for Stephen Cameron Racing. Alongside him, the teammate to for, for Bimber World Racing, yet another BMW, count number 80, is Ari Baylog. Row seven of the grid, Fred Roberts in a forty-one for PF Racing, that's a Ford Mustang GT4, and the Mercedes AMG Marilla Racing number fifty-six, row six Ori Fadani in the new AWA McLaren GT4 that's car number 13 alongside Ramin Abdul Fahabi car number 97 automatic racing Aston Martin AMR Vantage Alan Brynjolfsson for Park Place Motorsports in the Porsche car number 7 and Bryce Ward number 57 Windward Racing Mercedes on row 5 row 4 Jim Cox car number 35 O'Reilly Motorsports Mercedes AMG alongside the e Rover Racing R- Rowdy R8 car number 2 Kenton Cook row 3 Nate Stacey Number 60, Core Motorsports Ford Mustang GT4, alongside another McLaren. This is the Motorsports in Action, car number 69, Jesse Lazar. Row 2, the second of the PF Racing Ford Mustang GT4s, that will be car number 40 started by Jade Buford, alongside Akhil Rabindra from India, making his debut this weekend very impressively for automatic racing in an Aston Martin Vantage AMR GT4. On the front row of the grid, Last year's champion and the race winners two weeks ago for Team TGM, the number 46 Mercedes AMG. That'll be Owen Trinkler. And on the pole position is Tyler McQuarrie in car number 39 for Carbon Racing with Peregrine Racing. That is the championship leader and an Audi R8,
3: the 30, 33 car starting lineup. And next, we'll be live for the Michelin Pilot Challenge from here at Road America.
4: the michelin pilot
6: challenge
0: on imsa radio part of the radio show limited network
3: well hello everybody and welcome along to a race that has been a long time in the coming it's the michelin pilot challenge from an overcast and threatening weather-wise road america we've been in a hour and 40 minutes delay for very severe weather around the area we have got the cars rolling out in their grid positions at the moment but the road america 120 has been reduced to 75 minutes one hour and 15 minutes the new race time that's just coming to us from race control, and thank you for keeping us here at Imza Radio and Imza TV informed about that. If you're here at the track, 88.3 FM and scanner frequency 454. Thank you for your patience if you've been listening into our countdown to Green show as we've uh, gone through uh, quite a bit of chat and looking forward. Thankfully, we had our state of the series uh, last night, so there were plenty of talking points for that. And don't forget. If you'd like to put your points to Scott Atherton at IMSA Radio, use the hashtag AskAtherton to At IMSA Radio and we will put all the points to him on Wednesday on Midweek Motorsport over on RS1. The cars have had to be pushed back into their grid, uh, into their pit stalls, share Adam, because of course they weren't, uh, they were originally shod with slick tyres Um, I believe they've been given the choice to do either slicks or indeed wet tyres. We'll come back to that in a moment. Remind you that we're at Road America, 14 corners, 4 miles. It's the up and down and lefty righty place. There's a bit more righty than there is left, but there's plenty of upy and downy. And an awful lot of up from Canada Corner to the start finish line so you cannot get your fuel wrong here because you will not be able to uh, to coast into the pit lane that's not going to happen and we have seen races that have been decided by a cup full of fuel brilliant place to come racing it is one of the most challenging places in the world chair adam is down in the pit lane for us tire choice is going to be Absolutely key here. There are no intermediates, so it's slicks or wets. Uh, wow. I'm
2: sorry, I'm a bit baffled because I'm pretty sure the pole-sitting TCR car is still on slick tires. That would be Shelby Blackstock in the number 37. I, I don't, will think, walk that's down I I don't will-
3: think that's a bad call. I don't think that's a bad call, Sheer.
2: Well, I'll walk down and double-check that. The other two GS cars that I noticed, the number two Audi, I'm fairly certain was on slick tires and the number 76 McLaren starting at the back of the field that was definitely sticker slick tires on that car as far as TCR is concerned um Watch out for the heart racing car. That's the number 89. That car is on slick tires. And the other Honda, the 52 LA Honda World car, that is definitely on slick tires. So perhaps Lewis Pericarpy throwing a roll of the dice. I think the 21 Hyundai also on slicks. That looks like slick tires for Michael Johnson, maybe? No, those are stickers. So those would have to be wet tires for Michael Johnson. But an interesting array of decisions being made. It seems that the TCR cars are a little bit more willing to gamble with staying on their qualifying tires and that hurt car in particular they knew that they were good in the dry let's see how they are in the wet
3: well i think that's not a bad call for a front wheel drive car running a front wheel drive car in the wet you're going to get under steer when you put your foot on the throttle anyway and being able to control that you're not likely to use have snap over steer as you would with a rear drive car and at the moment these are actually intermediate conditions jeremy but the intermediates aren't allowed here. Put a set of wets on here, it'll dry up with 30-odd cars going round here. It'll drive very quick. You could burn off a set of wet-weather tyres in five to ten laps.
5: That is true, but uh, if you look out to the west, excuse me, there would appear to be more rain on the way. The question is, how, lo- how far away is it? So it's a real gamble at this stage in the game. I agree, though, with the front-wheel drive cars, uh, Slicks makes more sense... Uh than, than you might otherwise think, because the track certainly in several locations here is going to be pretty slick for the for the next several laps at uh, at best.
3: We're hearing that the drive time has been adjusted. Sheer Adam has been ferreting around and doing a bit of detective work. Twenty five minutes, so we should be seeing a flurry of
2: pit stops at that point in track, and that kind of works out because you think about this track and how quickly it'll drive out dry out with that many cars on it. Thirty. Four of them, I believe, starting the race. That'll be about 25 minutes before they'll need to go onto uh, dry tires
5: if it doesn't rain again. Yeah, but this is going to be a 100 minute race. Uh, so an hour and 40 minutes, that's 100 no, minutes. No, an hour and 15. Oh, and 15, 15. Oh, I beg your pardon right yeah. okay, our,
3: our 15 minute
5: race right so so that way you're right uh, twenty five minutes will be there'll be lots of pit stops because uh, from then everybody can get to the end of,
3: of this race right now don 't forget as well even though this is a shortened race we will still be looking for our forge line wheels spirit of the race award that 's the team individual or entity that you feel most has represented the spirit of endurance racing. Your nominations, please, to at IMSA Radio and use the hashtag hashtag Forgeline SOTR. That's the Forgeline Wheels Spirit of the Race Award. That's hashtag Forgeline SOTR. I'm going to say that now. I'll try and remember to to remind you again uh, through the race. But I've got a feeling things might get very, very exciting very early here. This is a real roll of the dice. We've not seen anything like this before. 75 minutes on a four-mile circuit. The keys to the race, Jeremy, in some ways have changed, but one of them doesn't, and that's track position. You want to be dictating what's going on, and if you're at the front, you've got the best strategy call. You could at least then decide your own fate.
5: That's right, track position and staying on the track right now is <laughs> going to be absolutely key because it, it is going to be pretty slippery, I think, particularly down through the King and Canada corner. And there's weather underneath coming. Underneath the trees, yes, indeed.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
5: Where the cars are right now, the track is pretty wet down there.
3: Yeah. The key, as we saw in uh, the Hockenheim ring for Formula One last weekend, is to be on the right tyres at the right Mm. time. You can gamble and make yourself look like a hero, but eight times out of ten, it never pays off. You don't put slick tyres on until you're happy that you can get round. You don't take... Or you don't put wet weather tyres on, hoping it'll rain in 10 minutes' time. That's yeah. not how it works, is it, Jeremy? No, it's not. No, because uh, it, things can change so quickly out there.
5: Uh, and I think you know the uh, the it makes sense for the GS cars at the front certainly to be on their uh, wet weather tyres now. For the TCRs, as you say, you know the, the front wheel drive cars, uh, they can control. Their uh, trajectories with with the throttle much more easily than with a, a rear drive car, and and I think for them to be starting on slicks is uh, is a, it's a gutsy call. It's going to be difficult, but it's probably the possibly the right call.
3: Uh, yeah, and I think they'll be able to get heat into those slick Michelin's easier with a front wheel drive car. The problem is how much the rear slides around. All right, everybody, hustle up to the fences. Get yourselves ready. If you're watching around the world. Slither to the front of your seat Because we're about to go racing In the Road America 75 Not the 120 And here comes the Audi R8 Of Tyler McQuarrie It is Sarah Robinson of Michelin Who waves the green flag on her birthday and goes through underneath the starter stand lovely get away from everybody at the beginning there is spray but not as much as I think I was expecting and round the outside oh and Trinkler now can he get it stopped for turn one he can and Trinkler has pulled an absolute blinder for TGM coming off a race win at Lime Rock Park last weekend what happened to Tyler McQuarrie he seemed to lift off the throttle very early going down into turn he one he unsl- I wonder if he's gone on to slicks. I think you're spot on, Jeremy. I think you're spot on. But and, look, and he's a championship leader he can't
5: afford to take too many gambles he's going to make sure he gets to the end of this race he's going to be conservative of that foot, the first few lap, first few corners at least in any case because he wants to make sure he doesn't get held up by any, by taken out by anybody else he's going to take, get, get, keep himself to the inside line here coming down to turn 5 people want to go around him that's absolutely fine but just don't take me out that's his message at this
3: stage fantastic manoeuvre even if it was a tyre choice thing Owen oh, Trinkler if he's gone on to wet weather Oh, he spun! He go. spun coming out to turn number four, Owen Trinkler backwards across the track and a masterful piece of avoidance from the cars behind him, including Akil Rabinder in the Aston Martin. And now they, they're going to have to wait for the whole field to go by before he can pull back on. Now the question is there... Did he get a little tap as he came back on? I think the car looks in one position. It was a brilliant move at turn one. Not so good at turn five. He just went just, too deep. Yeah. or oh, on the kerb, too fast. And how did the Mustang and Rabinda miss him? And indeed the the uh, Audi of Kenton Cook who's come up into fourth position make that third now from seventh position on the grid fabulous driving by all of those guys and now Owen Trinkler's got to do it all again
5: on board here going up the hill into turn six and he just carries way too much speed into the corner around he goes and a brilliant job by Jade Buford there in the PF Racing (laughs) Mustang to get past uh, uh, Akil Rubindra had to jump on the binders there in the Aston Martin he might have lost a couple of positions but
3: uh, I don't think there's any contact so I think he's going to be okay it's Kenton Cook now in yeah. second position. Yeah. Well, we know how good seventh. he is in
5: these conditions.
3: Yeah, from seventh on. Remember that Audi is only two-wheel drive, no four-wheel drive allowed. Shay Adam will update us on who did what at the front of the field as far as their tyre choice as we come to the end of lap one. Can only tell about one car so far, but Owen Trinkler is definitely on wet weather tyres. Didn't help him at turn five. Leaned on them a bit too hard. Slicks, Confirmed now for Tyler Macquarie the pole sitter and championship leader. They're expecting it to dry up very quickly, and already people are moving across the track to try and get some water on their sticks, If I'm if I'm Owen Trinkler now, I pit at the end of this lap and put slicks on. I reckon, I reckon that's the, that's the, the ploy now from Joe Vardy, Side by side across the line, the Hyundai number ninety eight. Was right there, and I think Chris Miller's got by him. Yes, he has, though. The Hyundai's gone backwards a little bit. The Hyundai now down into fourth position after starting on the front row. Nick Gallant in the Audi number 23 is the best of the TCR cars. He's up to 15th overall, so I wonder if he's gone on wet then for I that number so, yeah. 23 car because he's carving his way through the yeah, GS fields. Oh, I
5: think you're absolutely right, and uh, this is <laughs> this
3: battle is for the lead, Jeremy. Turn yep. five. Kenton Cook in the EU Reparts Audi. He's gone through. Cook leads it. Share Adam with more tyre news. I'm pretty sure that
2: Kenton went out on slick tyres, but I'm walking all the way down. Last pit box on the pit lane to try and
3: find out. Right, we'll have a look. If he is, he's driving superbly. Absolutely brilliant feel from the young man. Kenton Cook loves these changeable intermediate conditions. It's not throwing up a whole lot of spray that Audi, and he's not leaning on it too much through the corners, but he's got lovely feel on the brakes. Remember, these GT3 car, GT4 cars do have ABS, as do the TCRs. Great battle at the head of TCR now with Brian Henderson, right with Nick Gallant here. And uh, Nick Gallant is in that silver and purple car going through turn eight now. The 84, blue and yellow. That's the Atlanta Speedworks. Honda, so Audi, Honda, uh, third place Audi, fourth place Mark Wilkins, what's happened to the 37 car where's the 37 the pole sitter all the way back in sixth position for Shelby Blackstock yeah, but long, you know,
5: that's fine at this stage in the game Brian Hender, that, uh, it's Brian Henderson isn't it in that number 84 car he started eighth in TCR is up to second now and uh, harrying uh, Nick Galanti who started in the third position those suits side by side and the dice in there with that uh, BMW in the mix there that's Henry Schmidt in the Stephen Cameron racing car number 88 also the number 41 Mustang
3: that's been started by Fred Roberts. Compass racing up on the wall. Have they made the wrong tire choice? She Adam. They have wet weather tires up on the wall and Jonna just
2: keep getting hit in the face with these little annoying raindrops. It's a hint of what is about
3: to come. Fabulous battle at the head of TCR side by side there. Henderson for a moment, I think, got his nose ahead in the Honda but the Audi's back there again and here comes the number 17. That's Chris Miller. He's right with them as well. Extraordinary stuff and and now the Hyundai's got itself going as well. So we've almost got the top four together as they go past me. Henderson down the inside he's defending now as Chris Miller in the red white and black Audi number 17 tries to make it an Audi 1-2 and the four rings are shining in the late evening late afternoon sunshine here or what there is of it he goes around the outside of turn one can he hold on to it he can't but he's gonna have to give up the inside and there's traffic ahead traffic being the BMW M4 GT4 that's the Schmidt car right ahead of him And there's definitely raindrops on the far side of the circuit now. The wipers are on. Little touch there between the BMW GS car that's sitting in 15th position and the leader in the TCR category, Nick Gallant. And he's got a car between himself and his pursuers. But it's side by side between the two Audis. On the right-hand door, right on the right-hand door, the uh, third-place car of Miller is right there on Henderson. At the moment, though, it's a brilliant drive at the front of the field by Kenton Cook and by Akil yeah. Rabindra, who's up into second for Aston Martin. Yeah,
5: the, the, the first and the third place cars were now second, is, is, is Akil Rabindri. They did, both did 2 minutes 31 in the last time. Everybody else is 30, 2 minutes 34 and down from there. So, uh, two and a half, three seconds clear of everybody else in these very tricky conditions just
3: now. Let's go back to Shea Adam for a little update on some more tyre choices. Share, what have you got? Kenton
2: Cook is on wet weather tyres, as is Akil Rabinda in that Aston Martin.
3: Yeah, uh,
5: and I'm number 39, by the way, the pole sitter uh, who did start on slick tyres. He's down in 11th position. Uh, he's maintained that, that uh, position uh, after fin- crossing the line at the end of lap one in 11th.
3: And Shea Adam slicks are wets for you at the moment?
2: I've gone full wet setup John and I'm about to even put my hood up, it's, uh, it's raining out here
3: Okay, so we've got more raindrops on the pit lane, battle for the TCR lead, this is magnificent stuff as they're pulling through the GS cars side by side and the front wheel drive cars going really well at the moment, the number 41 Mustang really struggling as the leading TCR car went by a turn number 8 and that's allowed the 88 car to make up a position as well that's the BMW M4 GT4 that was the battle for 14th and 15th but the TCR cars having a scrap of their own there's three battling for third position now and that looks to me as though the 17 has gone through into second yes it has that's Chris Miller and now ahead of Henderson in the Speedworks the Atlanta Speedworks car and right in there now Mark Wilkins in the Duck Egg Blue the light blue Hyundai now we're going to get some penalties here yes we are right block in the Alfa Romeo number 5 drive through passing under yellow car 12 also getting a penalty for passing under yellow that's Ryan Nash in the Audi TCR so they'll be in the pit lane remember they can't do anything else there what a drive this is by the number 23 of Nick Gallant. He's up to 15th position and picking his way through the GS cars at the moment. He's got the benefit, I think, of wet weather tyres on that car. And he's got them working very well indeed. The leading pair. Now, what money would you have got for this with an hour and six minutes to go in this shortened race? Kenton Cook leading for Audi and Aston Martin second for Akil Rabinda. <laughs>
5: Yeah, I mean, nobody over here had ever heard of Akil Rabindra before yesterday, but he made a mark yesterday. He was... What, second or third quick in one of the practice sessions and he got very few laps in that car yesterday, they had a couple of different problems on that car, including a fuel feed system problem that didn't allow him to get out at all in the afternoon uh, Chris Wilson, his co-driver this weekend hugely experienced, but he's got hardly any laps at all in this car, so it's, uh, it's, it's been a magnificent effort by Akhil Rabindra, the 23 year old originally from Bangalore in, uh, in India, but now makes his home in Coventry in England, and he's driving he's taking full advantage of the wet weather conditions he's used in Eng- encountered in England over the last five or six years.
3: Went to university in Scotland at Edinburgh so he'll know all about <laughs> slippery conditions, the cobbled streets of Edinburgh. Always difficult to find grip on whether you're walking or driving and certainly having ridden a motorbike up there. It's very interesting indeed. Leading pair then, separated by 1.8 seconds the last time they went through. They're coming to us again now as I watch them come past me less than that. and cross the line now. Now who, yeah it's down to 8 tenths, that was a full second game and Rabinda's on the flasher, he's letting Kenton cook noise there, this is a good drive from Kenton, worked hard to get this drive, came up through the Mazda ladder series, he's been used to winning championship and great to see Kenton leading a race, championship leader the 39 Carbon, Michael, head down. The, the Carbon number 39, at sitting in behind the Mia um, uh, McLaren yeah, at the moment. just
5: gone past. Those two have just changed positions. I fancy they're both on, on slick tyres at this stage.
3: You're listening to IMSA Radio, IMSA TV with us as well. Thanks to our colleagues at Charlotte for feeding us the pictures and our intrepid camera people as well. Great battles all the way down the field. Owen Trinkler, man on a mission, has fought his way back to the back of the GS field. That's extraordinary stuff. He's already back to 18th position. That's 16th in class. And he goes steaming past a couple of cars down towards turn three. He'll be kicking himself because he made such a good start. Pit lane caller. This is the number 12. That is his drive-through penalty for passing under a yellow for Ryan Nash. Winner last time out, Owen Trinkler, Nashville native. Still lives in Music City and he's at the moment hunting down the 75 of Paul Holton as their battle for position
5: it is his last lap time was a 2 minutes 38 the the two leaders in the 31s yeah
3: he's embroiled in traffic back down there and he's going to be something like 50 seconds behind the leader so he's trying to pick his way through Remember on wet weather tyres on a drying track but with rain falling and this is the gamble right now. I suppose if you're on the, the slicks you're praying that it dries up and you've got to stay out at this point until it gets much much worse. If you're on the wet what do you do? You're burning your wet-weather tyres off. It's not really wet enough for wet-weather tyres, but well, these Michelin wets are extremely durable, Jeremy. Yeah,
5: it, it's wet enough in certain parts of the track. Where they're coming to now, in the lowest part of the racetrack, down uh, in, the, in the valley there, down, down through the kink and up towards Canada Corner. They can certainly cool the tyres down a little bit there, but, yeah, it's it's it certainly is not easy out there right now.
3: Leaders across the line. It was eight-tenths of a second. It's gone back out a little bit to 1.8 last time around, and as they come across this time, wait for the timing screen to upgrade it's 1.8 again
5: and they pulled out four seconds over Jade Buford
3: on that lap yeah he looks to be be struggling just a little bit Jeremy some of his lines through the corners don't look as neat and tidy as Jade normally is I'm not sure whether he's running out of tyres early on Guy, the guy job. who's
5: charging right now is Jeff Mosing. Mm. He's absolutely flying in that column number 56. He's up into fifth position. Made a couple of positions on that last lap and uh, he's still not on the pace of the two leaders. They're in a, a class of their own uh, over over everybody else.
3: But uh, it's uh, he, he's doing a fine job there. Coming down to an hour remaining in this shortened race. Owing to the intervention of lightning in the area. Should have been the Road America 120, it's the Road America 75, and we're down to the Road America 61 at the moment. And it's Kenton Cook. Kenton Cook leading out in that Stars and Stripes EU Reparts Audi, and right in behind the new Aston Martin. Akil Rabindra doing a cracking job in his debut in the American Racing Series here for IMSA.
5: These two we're watching now, the two uh, the two championship leaders, number sixty nine and thirty nine. And now the track at the moment is drying out a little bit, and they are making uh, making their pay- their way toward the front in terms of the pace. They're just they've just turned a purple sector time there for Jesse and
3: yeah. Right with him is Tyler McQuarrie. But Kenton Cook's just done the quickest second sector. Make that All Akil right. Rabintra has as well. I wonder if that's a bit damper down there. Side by side through turn number eight. For the championship leader, who's trying to go by the number thirty-five, that is the Jim AMG. Cox, yep, Jim Cox. Jim Cox did a great job yeah, earlier well, on today I mean, in
5: qualifying and in the beginning of the race too. I mean, he, he he started started in eighth, was sixth at the end of the first lap. He's now slipping back a little bit, but you know that's uh, that's fine. He, he won't be worried about that. He's he's got that car in a in a pretty reasonable position.
3: Just checking to see how the. Recovery of Owen Trinkler is he's 52 seconds from the leader and up to 16th position overall, 15th in class. What a drive by Nick Lamp, by the way, 14th overall, leading TCR and trying to close down on the BMW number 88 ahead of him. Little gaggles of cars just keep forming around the circuit. 54s had a spin and continued. Not sure, where that was. It's still very wet under the trees in places, Jeremy. That is one thing I can say, and you kind of expect that.
5: Yeah, exactly.
3: It's looking a little bit gloomy out of our window. The TV cameras make it look a little brighter than it is. Thank you to everyone who stayed on here. 88.3 FM around the circuit. Thank you for your patience. I think we're rewarding you with some great action here as the battle for TCR, second, third, and fourth is heating up again. Coming up the hill towards us. Going to be side by side. Here comes the TCRs. It looks like the Hyundai's gone through. Yes, it has. Hyundai up into second place. And then Shelby Blackstock carving his way back through. The man that was on pole position. We think he started on slicks. We know he started on slicks, in fact. And now up into third position for the car that's second in the championship. And he's now chasing down the car that's leading the championship. Mark Wilkins in that blue Hyundai, which I believe started on wet tyres. So the track now, Jeremy, coming to the slick-shod uh, competitors. It is,
5: absolutely, because on this lap, uh, both of the two leaders turned their best laps in this race. Akil Rabindra was quicker than Kenton Cook to the tune of a uh, better part of a second. He's closed that down now. Between the first and second, the less than the second. Again, he made a slight mistake on the previous lap. But further back down there, Jesse Lazar in that slick shot. McLaren, car number 69. He has just set the fastest lap of the race at 228.2.
3: Don't expect anybody in the pit lane for about another seven or eight minutes at the absolute earliest. I think at the moment, though, Jeremy, with a 25-minute drive time, that really you've got to stay out there as long as you can you'll be back timing this to the end you can do about these all of these cars will do something close to an hour on their fuel yeah so you've got to at the moment i think you've made your bed you've got to lie on it because you're wanting to see what the weather's going to do if you're on wet at the moment You've got to stay out there. Yeah, You've got don't. to make it work. Into the pit lane early for Michael Johnson. Share Adam is down at the JDC Miller Motorsport Audi TCR pit.
2: Now, this is going to be interesting because Michael, and I will be able to confirm this, he's just come to a stop. He did start on wet weather tires. They're checking to make sure that everything in the engine is stable and attached. They're a bit worried about something. Oh, there's a pipe that's come loose off the radiator on the left driver's left front. Of the car, but they are refueling. They're not putting new tires on the car. They're going to get this hose reattached. I see some handy zip ties that are about to be utilized. So this is more of a mechanical issue than anything else. And Michael has indeed just turned off the car.
3: Battle for the lead, change for the lead. Aston Martin leads round the outside. Rabindra trying to make it happen at turn five. For a moment, the Vantage had its nose in he- ahead, and now they're side by side going up under the Corvette bridge to turn number six. And Kenton Cook from the middle of the road defends. That's all fair. Everybody's tracking straight there. Rabindra just couldn't get the car slowed down into turn five. He didn't want to press the issue. He was on the outside. It would have been difficult. Heading down towards turn eight now. Hurry Downs. Get on the brakes. Pull the car in. Just beginning to see the headlights. Pick out the track a little in front of the cars as darkness begins to fall. Sunset not until a quarter past eight tonight. Local time. Oh, huge slide by Rabindra as he comes through the carousel. Those tyres on the Aston Martin are beginning to give up yeah. grip, but he's driving superbly, as is Kenton Cook. They're drifting these cars around. The tread blocks are wearing away, Jeremy, and there's movement <laughs> under these cars. Big slide from Kenton yeah. through the kink, absolutely flat out. That's awesome stuff. There's some drifting going on there, isn't there? But that, their last
5: lap times, uh, 229, 228 for Rabindra, but on that lap uh, Tyler Macquarie sets a new fastest lap 225.7 so a full 3 seconds quicker. Oh, right tri- now you, you need to be on on dry weather tires but for uh, how much longer?
3: Yeah well there's there's still 5 minutes to go before you can make your change and then it's a big gamble. Like I yes. say I think you've got to stay out there. I, I think you've got to take the pain right now. If you're on the wets you're going to run them as far as you can. Run them till they almost look like slicks. <laughs> battle in the TCR category, the 89. And that's the hard car of Chad Gilsinger. He's got... Uh, now, who's he got there behind him? That's the uh, 82 car, is it, behind him? Yes, it is. Uh, the 52 car, excuse me. So that's Colin Mullen having a battle there. This is magnificent it stuff. Is How's the Hyundai got so far back? The Hyundai's dropped way back now. That car was in second position, now dropped behind its championship contender, Shelby Blackstock, only four seconds away from the leader, Nick Gallant, and gaining on him four seconds a lap. So he's with him at the end of the next lap, Blackstock on slick tyres, Gallant on the treaded tyres and again down at turn 5 the battle for the overall lead and GS Rabinder down the outside but Kenton Cook says no I'm not going to give it up I'm staying on the inside I'll get the grip somewhere and does and takes the lead back this is magnificent stuff Need more screens than I've got eyes at the moment to watch everything that's going on. 53 and a half minutes still to go, Jeremy, and this is absolutely up in the air. These guys are 22 seconds up the road, but that can change if somebody gets through there with a set of slick tyres into some clear air because two three four seconds a lap that's the kind of advantage you're going to get on slick tyres right well, now but
5: yeah more than that
3: 222
5: nine that time for jesse Lazar in Number 69 all of a sudden he's up into fourth position and not far behind him is the championship leader tyler macquarie this is tremendous stuff i mean 223 as well by the way for the leaders 222 that's six
3: seconds unbelievable stuff six seconds but these guys have got a 22 second, got 25 second gap at the moment. So that's still, they've still got some four laps in terms of what they're losing at the moment. And there's still one or two raindrops. Meantime, side by side here are the two cars on slick tyres. Oh yeah, no contest. No contest. None at all. No the 39 no. goes through. Yeah, and that
5: the 69's already gone past.
3: Ah, yes, you're right. Absolutely right. Gone through. So that was the 40 car Jade Buford who was in third position now finds himself in sixth lost a couple of positions in two corners
5: Yeah when it came across the line last time around there's 22 seconds between the first two cars the number two and the number zero nine to Jade Buford here come the leaders again now to complete lap nine
3: 227.1 their lap time and wait till you see Jesse Lazare. He's got clear track ahead of him now, Jeremy. Into turn one. The leaders. First is still Kenton Cook. In the number two. How do you go? Super wide. Somehow hangs onto it. Oh, fantastic car control. Rabinda sitting in behind him at the moment. Akil Rabinda making his IMSA debut. Aston Martin, young driver. Down through turn three. Traffic ahead of them now. Front wheel drive cars. The number five. That's the Alfa Romeo Juliet Roy block in that and ahead of him is Rob Nash in the number 12 car and into the pit lane, Jade Buford. They've blinked, they've got in there and a 2.21.8 last time around for Jesse Lazare has closed down to within 20 seconds of the leaders. New slick tires going on that number 40 PF Racing
2: Ford Mustang but it is also a new driver so this will be James Pesic taking the car back out.
3: The battle for the lead is on, and they've steamed past a couple of the TCR cars. That was the Alpha Julia, the number five car. And they're side by side behind them. There was a bit of paint traded there as well between these two cars. They're battling for 11th and 12th in the TCR category. Roy Blash, uh, Roy Block, and Ron Nash. literally side by side (laughs) and uh, I forgot to mention it last time around Shelby Blackstock
5: did take the lead in TCR he's romping away now but Chad Gilsinger in count 89 up into second place
3: Uh, yeah he took the lead on sheer grip coming out the final corner and dragging up the long straight in front of us that was all about getting the grip out the final corner Blackstock then absolutely the right choice at the beginning to be on slick tyres We are 25 minutes in, in half a minute from now. Uh, 20 minutes in, rather. No, check that. I was right. 25 minutes in. We started with 1 hour 15 on the clock, and we're coming down to 50. That's 25 minutes. It is, but I don't think
5: Jade Buford's done his 25 minutes, has he?
3: Well, uh, presumably he'll have to get back in for the end because they, they... Well, no, they could go from here. There's no reason they can't go from here. Well, he has done he his w-
5: minimum 25
3: minutes. He's going to have to get back in at the end because he hasn't done his 25. The two
5: leaders again.
3: Yeah, absolutely. towards turn one. Yeah, let's go down to Shea, Adam and see what the thought process was there. Just running out of tyres for Buford because he hasn't done his time, Shea. No, there. This is a strategic move. They always planned on starting at Buford and finishing with Buford. That's an extra pit stop that they don't really need. They're not going to make that work unless. There's a big change around in the weather and everybody gets caught on the wrong tyres. Don't see how that works for them, if I'm honest. 49 minutes to go now. Imza Michelin Pilot Challenge. We started with 75 minutes on the clock and here comes Akil Rabindra again. Gets to the outside. He's tried this move time and time again down towards turn number five. This time he gets three quarters of a car ahead, but it's not a car ahead and he couldn't close the door. (laughs) And Kenton Cook... Takes the inside line, holds the inside line, and takes back the lead as he heads up the hill. The turns. This is tremendously entertaining, but it must be very frustrating for every I think this is. These two guys will have smiles as wide as the Lake Michigan off to our right when they get out of this. They'll be super enjoying this shit. Adam, more pit stops.
2: Second in the GS Championship has come in. That was James Clay bringing the car in. It will be Devin Jones taking it out with new slick tires. Also in last year's race winner, the number seven Volt Porsche. They have come in. Alan Brunjofsen has completed his time. Trent Inman going out on new slick tires as well.
5: Thank you, shit. Yeah, lots of pit stops now with the minimum drive time having been met. 25 minutes is in the book, so you can make a pit stop now, and you're good to go, in terms of time at least, till the end of the, the race.
3: And you, uh, yeah, you're good to go time and on fuel. I reckon everybody yeah, can yeah. go from here. Absolutely. Uh, TCR coming into a bunch TCR the cars pit in. lane, but not the two, not the three leadership. No.
2: It's going to be front tires only for the number 98. No, they are going to do all four as they take the 98 Hyundai off the wet tires and put it onto slicks. So that is Wilkins out and Lewis back in for the number 23. Galante out, Vance in. Same story taking off the wet tires onto the slicks.
5: Yep, that's a smart move there. And for the leaders, though, they're going to stay out as long as they can on these slick tyres. Yeah, they have to. With uh, Shelby Blackstock and Chad Gilsing, and in third place, Colin Mullen, who's not too far behind him, actually. He was quicker by some distance on that last lap, was Colin Mullen in third place.
3: Very long There's pit new stop leader there.
5: For the first time, I think it was. Actually, number 09 cars actually
3: takes the uh, the, the f- lead across the line. Yeah, uh, lead across the and line. And will yeah. hold it into turn one. Rabindra then leads into turn one, he's going to go a little bit wide though, he'll have to lift off the throttle and it's raining at turn one, it's looking wetter at turn one, the windscreen wipers are going back on again, I think there's just a little bit of splashing around going on there, it's not massive but it's very interesting, Rabindra just about holding on through turn one as they come to put a lap. On the number 35, that's uh, Dylan, Dylan Murray, Murray yes. who's just come out of the pits, having made his pit stop. So that's a full lap they've got on him now, at least. Rabindra has, Akhil Rabindra for Aston Martin. Great to see the white. Number seven. Oh, and a mistake by Murray. He goes wide, but that gives the opportunity for Kenton Cook to go through. Well, all these guys coming in for slicks now, they are praying they don't have to make another pit stop. Uh, By the way, Owen Trinkler now up to 10th position as he dives into the pit lane and he was still just round about the 55 seconds behind the leaders. So he hadn't lost too much and he's pitting now. So it'll be Hugh Plum that will take it to the end. Our most recent winners for TGM heading into the pit lane. The TCR leaders, first, second and third, separated by six seconds, maybe that eight seconds, and now eighth, ninth and tenth. Blackstock, Gilsinger, three seconds further back and then Colin Mullen, another five seconds further back from that. Is the leaders of the race now with three quarters of an hour to go, 45 minutes, having put a lap on Dylan Murray, but his dry weather Michelin's now coming up to temperature and pressure and he should be able to get back Past the leaders now, and this is really important for anybody who's gone a lap down. They must try and get back past the leaders and make up some of the the real estate that they've lost. Yeah, here's the flashing lights from Murray. He's looking down the inside at turn number thirteen. The tricky little uphill left hander now coming into the final corner, the right hander at 14. Good pit stop going on at TGM. Slick tires going on for Hugh Plum. Oh, that's a really good stop. He's off and away very quickly indeed. They've pretty much split the race, well, almost in half, just a little bit less than half. So he would have had to take a decent amount of fuel. And he's off the pit lane speed limiter, gets himself comfortable. Rubin- here comes Rabinder okay, into fine. the pit lane. Rabinder into the pit lane, gives up the lead to Kenton Cook. Now Kenton's got to absolutely cane it round here because Rabindra will come out on cold tyres, no tyre warmers allowed here, remember, oh this is fantastic stuff, isn't it, TCR still Blackstock by three seconds, in the Honda number 37 from the 89, Chad Gilsinger, that's the heart car, and the 52, Colin Mullen, the LA Honda World Car in third position, Honda doing a cracking job, damage to the front of the Aston Martin, as Rabindra has done his job, uh, Akil Rabinda gets out and is replaced, yeah, Adam, by Chris Wilson. I wish it was me. I'd
2: love to drive the Aston Martin GT4 car, but slick tires going on to that car. And now Team TGM readies for their other car to come in. Uh, scrub, slicks going on to that car. But Team TGM operating with only one pit crew this weekend, so they couldn't bring both the 46 and the four in at the same time. They would have had to double stack them. So that brilliant pit stop that they just did for the 46, they're going to have to do again for the four. A
3: little bit of damage on the front of the Aston just looks like there's been a bit of a dunch into the back of another car and there's a crack on the normally immaculate white paintwork out goes the zero nine now where is Kenton Cook is he already into the pit lane no he's not but he can't be too far away as he's heading back around and let's see who comes around who's gone through because now this car's got to go to the end the zero nine yeah. with the uh, Chris Wilson, huge experience. Chris Wilson experience. Hasn't, changed, yeah, hasn't changed his uh, driver a transponder. Still showing his Akil Rabindra on the timing screen. Tyler McQuarrie's just put the fastest middle sector of the whole race in. We're getting people doing 21s at the moment. Jesse Lazar on slick tyres. He's going to romp into the lead here. But remember, he's got another pit stop to do. The white, black and blue... 69, motorsport in action, McLaren coming through. Look to my right, it should be coming through any second now. There it is, coming through right now. And his pace has been outstanding. He scored as the leader as Kenton Cook has dropped back. He has not pitted, Cook has not pitted, but he's lost the lead. Tyler Macquarie second. Kenton Cook now down into third position, three seconds away from the leader, and there's the lead gone for the number two car. Meantime, 46 is Hugh Plum desperately trying to steer ahead. He's dropped off the lead lap as well, but he's done his final pit stop. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. This is like one of those handicap races where it's all <laughs> going to come together in the last five minutes.
5: Loving it. Yeah, And the new fastest lap of the race on this time around was Paul Holton in that McLaren that started right at the back. Of the, uh, of the GS field struggled in the early stages and he's now Mike, the in new in fastest lap at 2 minutes 19 now point 0.9. that's 3 seconds quicker than Jesse Lazare on that last lap
3: and Jesse has been the quick driver but of course his tyres have been on since the start of the race and therefore they will not be necessarily at their best
5: So uh, Jeff Mosing onto pit lane on a really good first stint there in the number 56 uh, Marilla racing Mercedes. He will hand over that car to Eric Foss. Shelby Blackstock now. That'll move him up to fifth position overall in uh, the TCR leading car. Still on slick tires. I mean, started on slicks. And those top three in the TCR still separated by only about five or six seconds. Akil Rubindra, he crosses the line in ninth position, having already made his pit stop. Number ninety-seven, the other Aston Martin that's also onto pit lane that comes out of the tenth position.
3: Don't forget, we're looking for your nominations, please, for the Forge Line Wheels Spirit of the Race Award. What, what you? Uh all you have to do is tell us who you think the individual team or entity who most represents the spirit of endurance racing in this Michelin Pilot Challenge. Use the hashtag Forgeline SOTR and get that into At Radio as soon as you can for the Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award. There's some heroes out there today. Pick your favourite and get it in. Hashtag Forgeline SOTR. Eric Foss just leaving the pit lane. In the fifty-six, three the three TCRs, by the way, at the front of the field still haven't pitted, yeah, and they they're sixth seventh. They'll, they'll
5: stay out until until the, if the rain comes, they will stay out as long as they possibly can, or until or, or until twenty-five minutes remains, which is another fourteen minutes from now.
3: Well, Akil Rabinda, unknown here in the states, but maybe he has got the spirit of the race. Kent and, he and Kenton Cook having a great battle. There's no re- reason why you can't. Nominate the pair of them for that battle earlier on. Kenton still hasn't pitted. We expect to see him at the end of this lap, according to Shea Adam down in the pit lane. They are on the wall. I think they are too far back. Car 23 needs to go back behind 61. Okay, what's happened there? That's uh, James Vance has got ahead of the 61 Audi because they came out the other way around. So that needs to be redressed. Jesse Lazar, 69, motorsport in action. More raindrops on the camera at the carousel. Have we got even more drama? Being caught by Tyler McQuarrie, first and second, absolutely together. Hugh Plum right in there. Remember, these two cars have still got their last pit stop to make. Hugh Plum has made his last pit stop. He got that car from Owen Trinkler. So he is looking at the moment at the back of the leaders, but they will have to pull off into the pits. And he's got good pace at the moment. He's not dropping the leaders. He might be able to get his lead lap back here. 69 McLaren, 39 Audi, 2 Audi. Kenton Cook, but yet to make a stop. The top seven have not yet stopped. The Veloster of the 21 Veloster has yet... Macquarie's in the pits. Tyler Macquarie is in the pits. And I think it's raining again on the back of the circuit. This is extraordinarily difficult for anyone to make any kind of judgment. The wind is getting up again. And the wind is blowing and when the wind blows, the rain tends to come. Second place car in the pitch. had Adam. Tyler McQuarrie, or as he is known, McDrifty, to his
2: teammates, will not be happy to get out of the car knowing that there might be slippery conditions on the way, but the Audi has pitted. Jeff Westphal jumping out and running around. They are changing the right side tires first, which means this will be a four-tire stop. They look like slicks to me from here, but I'll have to go up a little bit closer to see what Steve Dynan has decided. And Yes, they are brand new sticker slick tires. They are up on the wall for the other Audi to come in that is the number two of Kenton Cook but they are waiting to find out if it's going to start raining within the next 10 minutes because they do still have that window before they have to put Tyler Cook into the car
3: yeah good point Uh, it's 25 minutes before the end of the race isn't it so they've at the moment we've got 37 minutes still to go I still see the odd spot of rain on the cameras both in the pit lane and further around The and Shea Adam keeps telling me oh I've just had another raindrop on my head oh dropped wheel nut on the left rear fell off the rim as they were trying to push that on but I don't think it's cost too much time to the 39 carbon Audi team that's the dark grey and green the fluorescent green car it's off and running now where are they going to come out they've come out behind a squadron of battling TCR cars and they of course are on Called dry weather tyres. They're out in behind the uh, 89. That is the battle for the lead in TCR. Battle for second and third, actually. Chad Gilsinger and Colin Mullen, right there. Shelby Blackstop a little further up the roads, so He's just put a lap on the Alfa Romeo Giulietta of Trent and Estep. But Estep has made his pit stop, so he's got newer tyres on. Meanwhile, in the battle for second... The heart car, the red, white and black 89 Honda has got real pressure now from Colin Mullen in the Elliott Honda World car. there at turn five, now climb the hill. There's battles everywhere. There are. And
5: uh, the, even at the, the back tail end of the lead lap, with uh, the uh, number 56 and 35 having made their pit stops, they're just ahead of the overall race lead. Lazar. And right behind Jesse is uh, is Hugh Plummer who will get his lap
3: back when the leader pits. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a long, long way behind. Yeah, Shea Adam is uh, down at the Europarts pit for Kenton Cook in third position at the moment he's already 20 seconds behind the leader Shea still hasn't come in what's going on here they're trying to determine when the car comes in what kind of
2: tires they put on it they think it's going to rain for the end of the race so they're trying to leave Kenton out as long as they can but they're running out of time with the window to get Tyler into the car in the meanwhile they have to attend to one of their TCR cars the number 12 will be getting wet tires.
3: Wow okay well that's a, a gamble at the moment because the track isn't wet enough for wet. It's down right. the inside Gilsinger throws it up the inside at uh, Canada Corner that's the number 41 Mustang that he's going by and that car in 19th in class and they're actually putting a lap on that car definitely more rain on the camera lenses and she's head as well. Well, how do you pick out our Forge Line Spirit of the Race winner here? <laughs> way too soon. Forge, <laughs> Forge Line Wheel Spirit of the Race Award. There's heroes at every part of the track. They might not be the guys at the front. And by the way, to answer my own question from earlier on, the Red Alpha has got its proper badge back on the front in the grill. The little enamel alpha badge I'm pleased to see that it's been missing for a little while into the pit lane oh hang on a second that's uh, Shelby Blackstock in from the lead with 33 make that 34 minutes to go as the overall leader is the 69 Jesse Lazare now with 18 seconds on the field and it's raining it's raining on the far side of the circuit Shea Adam has the pole sitter from TCR
2: they are changing the front tires, which makes me think that perhaps the tires going onto the car are sticker slicks as they do the change for Tom O'Garman. If they only do two, it has to still be slick. So Tomo is going to go put on a show.
3: Well, I tell you, that's, that's, you have to do that because you've got to go with the prevailing conditions. I presume they just put the two tyres on, Shea, and filled it.
2: Yeah, it's still filling it. Uh, driver change is now complete. Car comes off of the air jacks. Yes, it was just the two tyres.
3: Right, OK, absolutely. So if they've put two tyres on, it has to be, as Shea says, slick tyres. New slick tyres from Michelin on the front of that 37 car. You're not allowed to mix tyres. Uh, the... Front to back or side to side uh, between slicks and wets. So, Jeremy, that's the last pit stop for the 37 of Shelby Blackstock. Now, did he get out in front of the 21 Hyundai? Yes, I think he did. I think he did, but I'll, I'll confirm that last time around. The Hyundai has done its pit stop. No, it hasn't. 21 Hyundai hasn't done its pit stop. It was the 98 car that stopped. So they are well ahead at the moment. We'll see that all shake out to see who has stopped and who hasn't. Shelby Blackstock has got out of the car now. So Tom O'Gorman now has got to do qualifying laps and get those slick tyres up to temp and pressure as quickly as possible. Kenton Cook is losing so much
5: time here. He's losing uh, four, five, six seconds of They've gambled
3: on the rain coming. It hasn't come.
5: And Jesse Lazare, they're trying to stay out here, but there's... The uh, number 46 car Hugh Plum. who is uh, trying to get his lap. Well, I thought he had got his lap back. He had got his lap back. He must have lost it again.
3: Well, there's, there's definitely rain out there at the carousel on the windscreen of Hugh Plum's car. It's very, very cold TCR. out there at the moment. Big break. Big, big uh, break for Jesse Lazar in the leading car. So it is getting tough out there. But Lazar will still have a tough decision uh, to make, Jeremy. He's only got a couple of laps to go before he has to stop. And put his teammate in that car. They've not stopped yet. That's right,
5: they haven't. And uh, the two leaders are a great battle. Here they are heading down the back straight toward turn five. Number 89, Chad Gilsinger. Colin Mullen, the youngster, right with him there. And of the cars that have pitted, Akil Rabindra in at zero nine 9 Aston Martin. He's about five seconds ahead of Jeff Westfall. They're now sixth and seventh on the road. These two we're watching on screen are fourth and fifth, the TCR leaders.
3: Yeah, but... Uh Rabindra's car, now with Chris Wilson at the wheel, of course. Uh, A minute and 35 seconds behind the lead McLaren of Jesse Lazar. So that's very interesting. I don't think they can turn him round in a minute and 35 seconds. I think... Chris Wilson and the Aston Martin, the 09 automatic racing car is the effective leader and he's closing in on the battling TCRs for their lead, that's fourth and fifth position, what he can't afford to do here is get caught up by these two cars on their older slick tyres that have been on since the start of the race, half an hour to go, who knows? It's raining harder at Canada Corner as Kent. No, oh, it's pouring down! It's pouring down out the back as Kenton Cook comes in. Now the decision has to be made. It was already
2: made, John. They have wet weather tires up on the wall. Tyler Cook taking over and it is properly raining on the pit wall now. This is a perfect tactical decision for the E-Euro Parts Rover Racing motor oil car. The rain has come to them. They were patient. They went with uh, wet tires to start the race. They're putting new wet tires on stickers they have done the left side so far it might be two wet tires only for this pit stop because of course they do have wet tires on the other side no they are going to go ahead and do four so Tyler Cook right now sitting in the
5: catbird seat well yeah except the number 69 and 75 I imagine they will be in next time around uh, to take on uh, wet weather tires if uh, indeed the rain does intensify. It's actually eased off a little bit just now at this particular moment in time. But it's absolutely... Is
3: it is pouring out the back. Pouring out the back... Uh, Rebel Rock Racing just tweeting that Robin Liddell goes, says hard there rain. There goes the
5: zero nine cars just gone past start finish as Kentu Cook leaves. There goes number thirty nine car that is effectively in second
3: place with pit stops completed. Yeah, but on dry weather tires, Jeremy. He has to make it. Yes, on dry weather tires. Remember Correct. that. So those guys have gone through. They may yet have to make a second pit stop if it rains hard enough now. And Tyler Cook can keep these tires underneath him then that's good news. The TCR battle's intensifying, as is the rain on pit lane at the moment. 28 minutes to go. They couldn't afford to go one more lap. Everybody's got to come in now who hasn't stopped to get the 25 minutes drive time in. In comes the number 52. That was uh, Colin Mullen who brought it in I tell you what, Chad Gilsinger, they're going to be close if it gets really nasty out there. He's got to come in next time around. In the heart Honda. The heart racing Honda 89 is in third position. Third position the race. And Jesse in from the lead. On slick tires. This is his second pit stop. Has to do it now. Has to do it now. Doesn't want to give this one up. This is amazing stuff. Meantime, the battling TCRs continues. But what. There goes the Rebel Rock racing car, getting back in the lead. Off goes the thirty-five. It's that's at the bottom of the hill, I think. Yeah,
5: and it becomes the second place car as well. So. Uh, that was those are the, uh, the the only car that has not yet stopped now is Chad Gilsinger with Jesse Lazara and Paul Holton bringing their cars onto pit lane now they it's as you say going to have the advantage oh, of wet weather time
3: super super slippery down at the bottom of turn three and I've got to tell you very very lucky indeed to get through the gravel at the bottom of the hill Cher Adam is watching the leading two in GS four drive four tyre change for the
2: 69 Mia McLaren Corey Fergus getting into that car his lucky number is seven this is the seventh race of the season and we have had a different gs winner in each one of those he is really hoping today is their day fuel and tires waiting on the fuel and the driver change come on guys the driver change is taking too long there we go door comes down waiting on the fuel
3: compass of- mclaren's moving compass mclaren is on its way the 75
2: mia still with the fuel probe attached waiting now
3: he goes well, they're going to go out in roughly the same sort of area as they came in. Here comes the Mia McLaren, the motorsport in action car. That's out on... It looks very dark and very nasty at the moment. Who's coming up the hill in the background? There is the Aston Martin coming through now. The Aston Martin coming through. But remember that Aston yep. Martin is back on slick tyres, Jeremy. Correct. So if it gets any worse... It's going to be a nightmare. Tyler Cook for me. Where's Tyler Cook? When does he come through? He's had a lap out there. He knows what the conditions are like. 39 car back
5: in for its second stop. This will just four laps ago. It was on the pits. That was too early for that team. He's going to have to switch to wet weather tires. Kenton Cook goes past
3: into... Uh, Tyler Cook now in that car. 89 finally comes in. 25 minutes and 50 seconds on the clock, now that's going to be tight. They're going to have to turn this car around to get the full driver time in for the 25 minutes. So that car is very tight on time. Came out of third position, by the way. Chris Wilson then was a minute and 22 seconds back when he crossed the line. Mike, what are you but a call. Oh, and off the 80. Bimmerworld, the Airbnb, one of the Airbnb-sponsored cars. That is the 80 car. Seth Thomas gone off. He was in 13th position now. This could really throw a spanner in everybody's plans, couldn't it? Because if this is a safety car now with 25 minutes to go, everything will reset, everybody will close up. And my money's on Kenton Cook, uh, Tyler Cook rather, at that point. Oh, side-by-side exit as... Just about, the 39 car gets out ahead of the Heart Racing car and the Heart Racing car leaves the pit lane with 24 minutes and 52 seconds on the clock. Question for those of you who know the rules, go and look it up if you don't know, when does the driver time start? I reckon it's when you leave the pit lane and I think they're going to be short on that because it goes to the end of the race and no further, pits are closed, Pits are closed. That means we're gonna go full course yellow. And this is gonna close everybody up. Robin Liddell got into the pit just before they closed. The Aston Martin did not. Which Aston Martin share are you talking about there? The 0-9. Oh. So have they gone round or did he come in after it went out? He he did not come into the
5: pit so lane to receive
2: up. the wet tires that they have on offer for oh, him. He missed the that call. That could be
3: huge. That could be huge. Uh, we 've got a safety vehicle out on the circuit. The white flag is out over the start finish line something moving slowly on the start finish line. Yellow flags are out all the way around it 's full course yellow short yellow is what we 're hearing. This was the uh, this is the cause that the the 80 car is the cause of it. Let me get my words out uh, and that car is going to be towed aw- away. Short yellow is what we're hearing. Under half an hour to go to the end of the race. All cars being asked to pack up immediately. So that means we are not going to open the pit lane. The pit lane will not be opened behind the safety car. It will be a short yellow procedure. Rain absolutely teeming down now. And I think most uh, everyone has gone back onto wet weather tyres except for Chris Wilson in the Aston Martin. He's going to be massively disadvantaged, right?
5: Yeah, and, and uh, you know, he, he had a good lead over, over the, some of those other contenders around there, but uh, now it's all going to be wiped out by this full-course caution.
3: Yeah, and all those guys who got into the pits for their tyres, how is that going to turn out as far as the TCR battle's concerned? Ryan Eversley has taking over the Hart Honda Civic, the 89 car, and he's got back out again. Where will he cycle through? I think he's still going to be in a top five or six position by the time he comes out, the leader, Corey Fergus, second place, but not second in line. He's got a couple of lap cars between him and the leader. That's Kuno Whitmer. Then there's one, two, three, four cars further back to Tyler Cook. By the way, a quick mention for the Winwood Racing car, which is still out there and running around. Very difficult conditions and uh, Bryce and Russell Ward have been sharing that car. The fifty seven has just left, and it's Russell Ward. Bryce did a cracking job in the most difficult of positions, and now Russell's gonna bring that car home. Less than twenty two minutes to go. Good news is that the uh, that Seth Thomas is out of the eighty BMW M4 GT for the number eighty Bimmer World car. 22 minutes and counting. 21 and a half, let's make that. Let's have your nominations, please. Forge Line Wheels, Spirit of the Race Award. Hashtag Forgeline, S-O-T-R, to At-Imza Radio. at IMSA Radio. Fantastic response from all of you. And to the fans who've stayed here through that long hour and 40 minutes delay, thank you very much indeed. I hope you feel you've been rewarded You might want to seek some shelter from the rain at least now for the end of the race. 88.3 FM if you're going back to your vehicles.
5: The, the, The McLaren team's uh, number 6975 done a really good job there. Yes. They stayed out as long as they possibly could. They made their pit stops, and they, and they made them just before the caution came out. They were able to make those pit stops and resume ahead of the number 09 car, which remains in third, but as John Hindhoff says, still on slick tires. Then behind him will be Tyler Cook, then David uh, Dylan murray uh, James Pezak, who's uh, doing, done a nice job in number 40 yes. car, and then Hugh Plum in the number 46 and then uh, Gregory Leafouge, well, he's always quick in any sort of conditions. Chris Green making his comeback after a good first hit by Ori Fidani in the AWA McLaren. So three McLarens in the top nine. And then the uh, top ten will be rounded up by Jeff Westfall. And then behind him right now, they will be reset as the TCR cars. But the best TCR car right now is in the 11th place. That's Ryan Eversley with Tom O'Gorman, Max Faulkner and Todd Lamb and... Uh, Michael Lewis all there as well so that's going to be a, a heck of a battle in TCR
3: just a, a question coming through on drive time from uh, Michael Ducharme uh, Shear, and you're best place to ask this he says does the drive time end at the scheduled checkered flag or when the car crosses the line I believe it's the, che- it's the scheduled end of the race you don't get the extra lap uh, no it's whenever the car
2: crosses, crosses the, the line, line. Oh, yeah. right
3: well then he's probably going to be alright yes in that case, uh, because he can't do any less than the time. Uh, Our Countdown to Green programme, an hour and 40 minutes today. Thanks very much to John De Geese of Sportscar 365 who popped in to help with our discussion. We created a long and broad selection of topics, if you didn't hear that early on if you're just watching the TV now, worth downloading from Radiolamont.com, all of today's action already posted up there if you want to find out how the polls were set in this Michelin Pilot Challenge, so we're under 20 minutes now to go, it's all there uh, available for download on demand or uh, download or listen on demand, let's uh, hear from one of the drivers who's been out there, Shea
0: Adam has Jeff Mosing.
2: Jeff,
3: we were calling your number a lot because you were climbing up through the field during that opening
2: stint. How much fun were you having?
0: I, I do like the rain. I actually did a rain dance earlier. I'm sorry for the lightning and thunder. That's my fault. I, I'm too good at it, so I had to turn it back a bit. But, um, you know, we, we definitely don't mind running in the rain. Eric actually, you know, being the great coach that he is, gave me some really key points. I'm not going to share them with you about this track. Uh, it's not a typical rain line here. I'll just say that. There's some, some places that I exploited that. And that was able to help me get up, up to the front.
2: Well, you did a really good job in the race. Good luck uh, getting your second podium of the year today. Thank you so much. Cheering for Eric right now. Thanks.
0: Well, it
5: went from 13th on the grid, Jeff Mosing, up to 4th position yeah, inside brilliant. the first seven laps. Really good. He, he slipped back from there, but uh, he'd done the job. He's handed up that car over to uh, Jeff Mosing, uh, to Eric Foss, who's now down in the um, well 19th place overall, but that'll be. About 14th, perhaps, in clear, GS. If you're out on a racetrack and seeing cars overtaking each other behind the safety car, the reason for that is all the GS cars now will move ahead of all of the TCRs before we go back to green.
3: Carol Brink nominating Akil Rabindra for the Forge Line yeah. Spirit of the Race Award. Uh, Hart Putak is, t- is seeing Kenton C- Crew Chief for making the rain tyre call. Now that's sort of been a little bit negated now, but I like that. That's pretty good as well. MGT, Pink Flame says the uh, Gunslinger team, Ryan Eversley and Chad Gilsinger. How about the Heart team for Spirit of the Risk? They started on slicks, remember, and have fought their way to the lead. They've got Tomo Gorman right behind them. Now that's going to be a battle royale between (laughs) Tomo and Ryan Eversley there for the last however many laps we get when we go back to green. The class split is complete. We'll wait to see... I think we're going to go green this time around, Look, Jeremy. And
5: there's going to be 10 cars in TCR also. They're all going to be together, nose to tail, when we get ready for the restart. That's so a that's good going point. To be, that's going to be fun
3: to watch. And everybody except, I think, the Aston Martin at the front of the field are on the right tyres. And the right tyres right now are sli- are not the slick tyres that the Aston's on. You want to be on the groove tyres. You do. Uh, the, the Aston Martin's in second place on the road, by the way. That's Rob Eklund
5: Jr., kind of a 97. He is a lap down to the leaders. So Why
3: did uh, he don't. I don't I he, because he's he behind the first
5: car yeah. that's one lap down uh, behind him one lap down will be the number 41 car which is uh, Jeff Courtney and a guy Cosmo in kind of four who's going to be fairly quick as well but I think he's a fair way down the, the running order but it's certainly going to be interesting to see how these other cars can get past the number 97 when we go back to green
3: another vote for the heart racing team Waiting as long as they could to put Ryan Eversley in the lead on rain tyres. Kenton Cook for that drive earlier on, says Kate. It was Justin Henderson, by the way, who nominated the heart racing team for the Forge Line Wheel Spirit of the Race Award. Still time to... Get your votes in for that, Some, the one we've mentioned, or nominate someone yourself. It's hashtag S O T R. as we're coming back to green. Well, I mean,
5: Jesse Lazaro for stay, starting out on slicks and and, yeah. uh, and Tyler McQuarrie did a brilliant job to stay out there as long as they possibly that's could. That's brilliant
3: for you, the championship-leading team as well in Tyler yeah. McQuarrie's
5: Number 39 team, they made their pit stop a little bit too soon. The number 69 team, they got it right.
3: Green flag's in the air, already position's been made up because you can, you don't have to wait till the line. There's a huge amount of spray in front of us now, it's looking very dark indeed out there. One, two, three, four wide across the line, you can't tell because you can barely see the headlights. Great restart from Corey Fergus, Kunal Whitmer trying to go with him. But uh, not being able to go with it, the Aston Martin, Chris Wilson, he'll be struggling now, he's on wet weather tyres, he's on dry weather tyres, there's been contact, oh, a big spin coming out to turn one, has that picked up the rest of the field, think it was the Mustang, it was a Mustang, it was the 40 Mustang that went around, that was fourth position for Pesek, James oh. Pesek has gone around, He, I don't know whether he got some help, but he's hit the wall, I think on both sides of the track, just lost it coming out of turn one and if he can't move that car we'll go back under full course yellow immediately so make your passes now if you've got it get it done because I can't imagine we're going to stay green for very much longer there was uh, there'd already been some contact no he did it on his own Pesic did it on his own off to the driver's right hit the wall with both sides of the car 17 car gets a penalty for passing under yellow Get back to that in a moment. We're still green. Oh,
5: that's Britt Casey Jr., yeah. the uh, series champion from TCR last year. He's taken over that fifth, car fifth position Chris Miller.
3: Fifth position and in with a chance. We've stayed green. We're staying green at the moment with the leaders in the carousel. And they are absolutely together. Corey Fergus and Kuno Whitmer. We're going to get some pit lane callers, believe it or not. We'll get down a share in a moment, but these, this could be a very, very important half a lap for the overall. It's the two McLaren GT4s, Corey Fergus from Kuno Whitmer together. Chris Wilson is dropping back. Can't even see, Chris. These, these two guys have disappeared yep. through the kink and down towards Canada corner. No movement to the yellow flags as yet. The car 40 has continued, oh. continued I hear. The 97 Aston has come into a closed pit. You've got, and put on, no, it, and it. Adam has news of that pit stop. A closed pit will, will carry some kind of penalty, but it wasn't a good pit stop either. Well, not only did they come in with a
2: closed pit because they came in following the safety car, which is a no-no oh. on a short yellow, but they couldn't get the right front tire off. So it has three wet tires and one slick.
5: Uh, no. Yeah, well, I've done that before, actually, with two with slicks on one side and wets on the other. It was
3: uh, fairly entertaining. It was great as the track dried out. Mm. Leaders across the line, down towards turn one. They will have traffic ahead of them, but not for a little while. Dancing around in the spray, left and right. Keenan Whitmer tries to find a way. Almost goes onto the grass. That would have been curtains, possibly for both of them, because these Michelin tyres are great and they're moving a lot of water, but getting onto the wet grass there, he was seconds away from disaster Eric Voss now up into third position for Mercedes AMG then Tyler Cook somehow hanging on to fourth position on slick tyres how he's doing that I've no clue, under 12 minutes to go the leaders under the Sargento Bridge now heading down to another heavy braking area, how brave will Kuno Whitmer be, second place in the bag right now A whole host of people coming into the pit lane including the number 46. We'll catch up with that with Shane in a moment. In fact, let's go to her now whilst the There's at least a couple of cars' lengths between the two leaders.
2: They are changing all four of the tyres on Hugh Plum. He was still on slicks, but they have double-stacked the cars because the four has come in first. He, too, is going out on wet tyres. The number seven Volt racing car the Porsche that won one year ago, that came in for a new right front tyre only.
3: Well, that's the wrong way around because the four was a a lap down for Guy Cosmo in Oh, this is interesting. Left rear puncture for the 98. This is the championship leader in TCR and he's going to try. Oh, he can't get into his pit box because of the the uh, AMG right alongside him who was coming out of the pits very quick. That was an unsafe release if ever I saw one and it disadvantaged the man in the fast lane. Can't be allowed to get away with that in the pit lane. That could have been very dangerous, but that's the championship leader. Then into his pit and off has gone the vault racing car. Trent Hinman, he can't hang on to it. He's just made a pit stop. Turn three again at the bottom of the hill. He'll get back on there. The leaders are at Canada Corner. Every corner, every braking area and in the pit lane, there's action going on. Extraordinary stuff in the last 10 minutes of the Road America 75. We've... Uh, discounted you on the time but we've upped the amount of action that we've got no doubt about it the pits are closed Trent Hinman I think got back on the 0-9 he's oh the Aston has stopped the Aston has stopped down at turn 10 at the carousel so an unequal struggle for Chris Wilson and that will bring out the safety car pits are closed oh he's been in the wall he's been in the wall He's on to driver's right, so a fantastic run has come to an end. Just nine minutes left to go. This could be all she wrote, unless that car will tow very quickly. Again, short yellow, so the pits will stay closed. I like these short yellow calls on these races. We're under 15 minutes to go anyway, but I like the short yellow call at half an hour too. Look who's in fourth position. Fourth position now. Robin Liddell (laughs) came in for came in for uh, wet weather tyres very early on only did a couple of laps out he's made an extra pit stop but it's going to be another run for the Rebel Rock racing car looks like the safer barrier has done its job and just uh, saved that Aston from more damage on the left hand side of the track but he's ended up on the right up against the wall guys driving way too quickly into yellow flag zones when you've got Safety vehicles on the track, and if you can't see all those flashing lights, guys, you shouldn't be out there driving. Really not well, yeah, good enough. You're coming
5: around the kink there. Uh, the, the, where those flashing lights are would be blind. Uh, yeah, 100 but 100 yards, uh, you, you'll see them, but not, no, nothing before that. But
3: there's several safety vehicles Oops. making their way down there, Jeremy, and people are steaming past them in the spray. Don't like that at all. No. Really don't.
5: There was a big uh, flash of lightning off to our west as well, which wasn't terribly far away.
3: Josh Kolbach, definitely the Hart boys for the Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award. Chase says, vote for Hart. Hope they got the 89 out in time for the driver change. Uh, t- to mention, by the way, Tom O'Gorman lost second place in that brief amount ...of green flag racing... ...and he's dropped back some 10 seconds... ...and that's because Harry Gottsacker... ...in the Hyundai Veloster number 21... ...the black car's gone through in a second... ...so it's Eversley, Gottsacker, Gorman... ...Honda, Hyundai, Honda, Audi... ...Brit Casey Jr., the 17 car... ...even after the penalty... ...that car's back up into fourth position in class... ...well, well, well... ...Jeff Westphal has made up six positions in that short bit of green flag racing yeah yeah he, he you yeah, I mean <laughs> he's now in the, the fifth position and right on the tail of robin liddell soon we
5: do go back to green oh i'd love to see this is absolutely dash. going to be wide open
3: great great to to see the spectator this track side here toughing it out you guys are really well there's my there's my nomination for the spirit of the race, the spectators who hung on through the long delay and have stu- stuck it out trackside for Forge Line, spirit of the race, last opportunity to get your votes in. Then to Atlims Radio hashtag Forge Line S O T R. We're getting the class split done quickly, even whilst the recovery is going on. Um, also, a word for race control and. Recovery and rescue again today. They've been very busy. We had a somewhat untidy Porsche race, he says, rather diplomatically. And they've been busy all day. They've made great calls and it's been fabulous work by those out on the circuit in varying degrees of weather conditions. Uh, Some very good news for Ryan Eversley is that he's got a lapped car between himself and the rest of the field, I think. As the JS cars go through, Ryan Eversley has got what? He's got a lapped car between himself and the rest oh. of the field. He's got the number twelve car riding backstop for him. That's the McDonough number twelve e Europarts car. So are we going to get a restart? Six minutes to go. It's just a question of how quickly we can clear. Brilliant job by everybody. To try and get us back to green flag racing. Sorry to see the Aston in the wall, great early stint. In fact, actually, Chris was Chris Wilson was doing a really good job on slick tyres. He's trying to tough it out there. He had lost one position since the re- restart, but that was all. Mm, it's going to be tight. Oh no, we've got we've got the uh, we've got the Aston on the back of the flatbed, and we've got movement down there now. How quickly can we clear the rest of the? Vehicles, we might get two laps here Jeremy, might get two laps, comes down to whether we can go green next time around and clear those service vehicles, live from Trackside, IMSA Radio and IMSA TV together, what a finale to a busy day of qualifying and racing and we've still got the weather tech Sports car championship tomorrow. If you weren't with us earlier during our very much extended countdown to green, the news there that the BMW that was on pole position in GT Le Mans field post qualifying tech and uh, that has promoted the Corvette of Ollie Gavin onto the pole for tomorrow's race. We're getting the GS cars through. Let's see if we can get that done quickly, guys. I don't think we're going to... Why we might. Aston Martin is minus A front wheel. Slick tyres on that car. Suspension damage to the right rear. And the... Lights are still on for the moment, but the safety car's only coming down to turn five now. We might get this going at the end of this lap. Maybe two laps to go. Maybe just a one-lap dash for Cash outstanding stuff here really edge of the seat and the spectators trackside are still there right up on the barriers at turn five i duff my virtual cap to you all i think we're going to get one more lap uh, robin liddell by the way has the fastest lap of the race a two minute 18.4 in the camaro the rebel rock camaro that's two weeks in a row so far for him yeah and i don't think anybody's going to get quicker In these conditions, these are Robin Liddell conditions, and he is in fourth position. There's cars between him and the leader. Oh, we've still got some GS cars trying to pick their way through. Come on, guys. Get packed up. Really need to get there.
5: Past the TCR cars, there's Trent Hinman, David Murray... Uh, and behind him, Devin Jones, who's uh, right up in championship contention. Chris Green, uh, Greg Learfoos, they're all no, working get their way through. They'll get
3: through on the inside yeah, of the yeah, carousel. That's it. Fine. That's the last two. I think we can go green here if the track's clear. Those guys will now catch up to the back of the GS field. So it may come down to eight miles after 75 minutes of racing. Corey Fergus... Oh, it's going to be tight. We might only get a one-lap dash here. Corey Fergus and Coonan Whitmer, two minutes and 27 to go. It could be green and white. We could have the green-white checker finish here. Looking onto the start-finish line to see what flags are there. Need to know if the safety car lights have gone out. It's about this part of the circuit where they do go out. Two minutes to go now. This it will be if we go green, it'll be green, white, checker, and we are going green. We're going green this time around. So, green, white, checker. Uh, it will be green and white, then checker. So, just four miles to go. I think we're gonna see the last lap this time around. As the weather closes in, we've got four miles of racing. Are we gonna get a green flag restart? As they come back to the line with under two minutes to go, it will be just one more. Yes, the green flag's in the air. We've got a remote green flag at the top of their hill so that everybody can see it. Green and white together, one to go. Great restart by the leader. Also by Kunal Whitmer in second. Corey Ferguson, Kuno Whitmer. It's between the two. McLarens. At the moment, because there's too many lap cars between them and Eric Foss and Robin Liddell and Jeff Westfall. Uh, Penalty I'm, for the 46.
5: And I'm sure sh- yeah, he's already a lap down, number 46 car. The uh, number 75 there, Kuno Whitmer in second place for Campus Racing. He had a they've had a really dis- disappointing. Coming down season the inside, he's coming winning. down the
3: inside, down to turn three, Jeremy. Got great drive from turn one. The leader's gone wide, the leader's almost on the grass, and we've got a new leader, yeah. and it is the seventy-five of Kuno Whitmer.
5: Yeah, and hats off to Corey Fergus there. He left room there for Kuno Whitmer to go down the inside Whitmore won the first race of the season had disappointing uh, results till then but look the number 69
3: is right in championship contention Eric Voss is not out of this he's He's the next car through oh the 23 car's gone off that's 5th position in TCR but that won't help Uh, or hinder the leaders Robert Liddell's there as well top 4 together at turn 5 big spin that's
5: number 60 car
3: that is the Kyle Kyle Marcelli going off he was in 7th position All kinds of changes on this last lap. It's Road America doing what Road America does back. Does best and just shaking up the field in this last lap. Dash to the chequered flag. Top four together coming down. Hurry down into turn number eight. It's the carousel and the run to home from here. Yeah, this is going to be great. Eric Foster, number 56 car. They finished third place last time out
5: and uh, looking for another top three finish.
3: Jeff Westfall's had to pick his way past too many cars. I think he's just getting onto the back of the leading quartet now. At the moment, though, it's Corey Fergus. Whoa, Fergus slides slide. right to the edge of the circuit as he comes out of the carousel. Now into the king for the final time. McLaren, McLaren, Mercedes. And here comes Robin Liddell he's got a fantastic run out of the King my goodness the Scotsman was brave there barely damp as far as uh, <laughs> as far as Liddell is concerned. He comes down the inside then switches to the outside of Canada Corner he's got to second, he's got a second fourth to second round the outside in the wet at Canada Corner Robert Liddell, you superstar <laughs> what an overtake stop the presses, stop the voting, that's the overtake of the year right there, there will not be a better one, he's not going to win it I don't think, as Foss goes up the inside, trying to get third position position from Corey fergus fergus restarting the lady might not be even on the podium coming to the line 75 minutes has elapsed here comes the mclaren the mclaren will win no he won't he won't i don't believe it liddell's won it liddell's won it on the line liddell has won it the american (laughs) muscle has beaten the european style liddell from way back in the park look robin liddell did not lift off. He's got to have been spinning the wheels all the way up the hill there. That's extraordinary. Liddell wins it by point zero seven zero of a second. The best, the best (laughs) final lap you will ever see for all of those guys. And the man who started and led through Corey Fergus to start the last lap finishes in seventh position.
5: Yeah, he was a little bit conservative down there on the last lap. But look, he's looking at the championship a bit. But I think Kuna, with he must have just lifted off. I don't think he saw that, uh, that the Chevy was oh, right behind him. out
3: with two Michelin's. Something on went the wrong. grass. Either
5: something went wrong, or he or he thought he was he, he was
3: clear amazing stuff shit adam is down in the pit lane shit where are you
2: i'm with heart because that was one heck of a drive from chad gilsinger to get this thing started you did the lion's share of the work today but watching the end of that
4: race with ryan how was it well you know if you're not first you're last and we started last so i had to make sure i got first but anyway yeah it was a awesome job by the team awesome call by the crew chief andrew salzano he He's got a habit of putting me out there on slicks when it's raining. I don't like it, but it worked out this time. And Ryan did a great job on the last lap defending. You know, it's tough conditions out there. But this track is awesome. It's my favorite track and I uh, can't be any happier.
2: Well, you won the race today, and your entire team wins our Forge Line Spirit of the Race Award as voted by the fans, so they love you too. Congratulations.
4: Awesome. I appreciate that. And my wife and daughter are here, so I can't be any happier. Thanks. Go celebrate.
1: Thank
3: Forge you. Line Wheels Spirit of the Race Award going to the heart team. Not even close at the line in terms of half a car. Point zero seven zero is half a car's length with Robin Liddell and the Rebel Rock Racing number 71 Camaro with the left-hand side Michelins on the grass as he came to the line. That is the most extraordinary last four miles of a race that I've seen ever, I think. I thought last weekend the Suzuka 8-hour that uh, motorcycle race was full of drama in the last five minutes, but my goodness me, that is extraordinary stuff. Completely unexpected that Robin could come from, what, three or four cars lengths back? Yeah, look, uh, something
5: either went wrong on Kuna Whitmer's car or he thought he was golden and he lifted off the throttle for some unknown reason because all of a sudden that car lost momentum coming up the hill. Well, it wasn't him coming up the hill. It was just in the
3: final run to the checkered flag the last, what, but Jeremy yards. Jeremy, the pass round the outside by oh, Liddell going in. That oh. I mean that put him in position no to win question. the race. Even if he'd only brilliant. finished second, it would still have been a brilliant run to Absolutely the line.
5: Absolutely brilliant. Heart
3: win T C R from yeah. Veloster, number twenty one, Harry Gottsacker, Tom O'Garden. Tom Tom O'Gorman <laughs> back up into third position there on the podium. What redemption for the 37 crew, and that's gonna make interesting reading when we get to the championship. Uh, let's go down to Rebel Rock Racing. Frank Depew did a great job early on.
2: Credit where credit is due. You had a hard job out there, going and keeping the car on the track for 25 minutes. I wouldn't have been able to do it. But Robin Liddell, holy cow.
6: Right, he's amazing. I mean, he's just, he's so good in the rain, and he's such a tactician. He thinks everything he through, and he doesn't take unnecessary risk. I mean, he's just unbelievable. And you know, it, for him to be able to do that, you know, we went out, we put him out on slicks, we had to come back in, get, have an extra stop. I'm not sure how many other people had to do that, but um, just, I can't believe it, really.
2: That's two races in a row that you and Robin have come home first. I just want that to sink in for a minute.
6: Uh, okay, <laughs> well, o- only when we were together because he and Andrew. Did a really good race at Lime Rock, but yeah, I'm very, very excited, so thank you.
2: Congratulations, Frank. Uh, (laughs) Thank you. And uh, John, it looks like Robin's gotten lost out around the course. Uh, Uh, He had to turn around a few times. No,
3: he he was saluting the spectators down there at Canada Corner, absolutely correctly. Uh, I think I've got some bad news if you're a heart racing fan. Drive time penalty for that car. So that was what we said. They were a bit late coming in and that may have bitten them at the end. We'll wait for official confirmation of that. TCR win would, in that case, go to the Hyundai Veloster of Harry Gottsacker. Second would be Tom Gorman, starting on pole with Shelby Blackstock and then the 61 team, John Morley and Gavin Earnstone in third position. So Jeremy's calculations could be up the swanee there in TCR. (laughs) We'll put that that into the computer in a moment. What have you got, Jeremy?
5: Well, whatever happens there, the the gap between first and second, Mark Wilkins and Michael Lewis and Shelby Blackstock and Tom O'Gorman will be six points because if they both move up a place, they'll both gain two more points.
3: Yeah, OK, that's a good point. So still uh, advantage the 98 crew. But uh, the season back on track for the 37.
5: And in the GS, uh, Tyler McQuarrie and Jeff Westfall with a great run to fourth position. They will extend their championship lead now. It was three points coming in here, it'll now be nine over James Clay and Devin Jones, who had yet another top 10 finish. Just four points behind them will be Jesse Lazar and Corey Fergus. And that uh, those slips on the last lap for Corey certainly cost them uh, some, yeah, some valuable ground seventh. there.
3: Yeah, gone down to seventh. We'll wait for confirmation on that and let's see which of the cars are brought into. 21 is in victory lane, says Shea Adam. So I think we can say that's official. The hard guys missed out by a handful of seconds. They were just too late in getting them out there. So Gottsacker and has come through. Yeah, it's certainly the, the news has got through to them. Fantastic, Felipe and Gotzaka get the win in TCR, she's hustling round to I'm sure now an even hoarser Robin Liddell than he was because he had been screaming into his helmet all the way up that hill, had a good chat with Robin last night over at Marion's when we were having some very good ribs down there and we were putting the world to right and delighted for Robin. Just a proof, if proof were needed, Jeremy, that when the chips are down, you need experience uh, as well as talent and skill behind the wheel. And Robin's got plenty of both of those. Great win in TCR then for Hyundai. There'll be some people who'll say that the Hart team are a little bit unlucky, but the rules are there and they missed out. I said it at the time. 21 has won TCR. That has pushed the... 89 car. Let's see how far down it, that go, go to go. last. It'll go go to, go to, to back, last. Yeah, it'll right. Go, if it doesn't meet minimum drive time, it'll go
5: to the to the back of the field. Right. in TCR.
3: Share Adam. In the,
5: sorry, go ahead, well, uh, Jeremy. You, go, you go, go ahead. if we don't If we don't have the, yep. the winners, go topic, ahead. In in TCR, uh, the Honda now will have a. A four-point lead over Hyundai, which will move up into second place, two points ahead of Audi. Manufacturers in GS, Mercedes will extend its lead by a couple of points from two to four over Audi. And the McLaren will be moving closer into, a little bit closer in contention as well, just nine points
3: off the lead. I'm still trying to get my head around what I've just seen. That's another dash up the hill, isn't it? Remember Mazda back all those years ago and the Dyson car with Guy Smith against the Muscle Milk car. Lucas Lur as they came up the hill who's got the ponies I remember shouting that at that yeah. point that came that was happening from a lot longer way how did Robin manage to pick his way through the traffic and then that double overtake into Canada corner extraordinary yeah. stuff absolutely extraordinary stuff driving as if his life depended on it there and that put him in the position to power up the hill good old cubic inches Robin Liddell has uh, Well, he looks absolutely blown out. Shea Adam, has he got any words for us? Robin Liddell,
2: who is completely out of energy, and what class. Carl Thompson comes over to congratulate him. Said what a pass that was. That last lap, Robin. Where did you find the inspiration, mate?
1: Well, you know, I'm a bit of an old hand, so I know never to give up. And it can change at the drop of a hat like it did there. So obviously... uh, some of the, re- the restarts were very tough. Not the second restart was in P4, but the one prior to that was very difficult. The conditions were very bad back in the pack and I couldn't see a, a thing. So I was driving a bit blind. Uh, but yeah, we you know, made some spots and then after that final restart, um, I thought, well, I can probably, well, I wasn't really gonna do anything. I couldn't do anything. And then I had a really good run through the kink. So I was right on the ass of the Merck going through the kink. And I, then I could able to, he was able to challenge into Canada. I went round the outside of the two of them. They were defending and scrapping.
2: Wait, and let's just the... pause on that for a second. Around the outside of two cars at Canada Corner.
1: Yeah, I mean I kind of braved it because I ended up way out on this shit, and uh, I just put my foot in, and I forgot that I turned the traction control off on the restart to try and get some extra bite <laughs> because the traction control was giving me too much interference. So. Then I came out the last turn at a massive lurid slide and I, th- I nearly dropped it because I'd forgotten I'd put the TC off. But then I just kept, you know, I thought, right, P2 is pretty good, I'm happy with that. And then the next thing I see him slowing, I was like, saw that, I just kept my foot in and went on the grass and that was it. Absolutely mega, so happy. And just the guys have done an awesome job. Again, that was a bit of a curveball with the weather and the st- changing of strategy in the middle of the race. And the conditions were tough. I think we stopped one lap too late to put the wets on, but. Feeling a bit rough right now, actually, because I've been rough all weekend, but just really happy the race is over.
2: Apologies for the language, but obviously, Robin, feeling the joys of winning, he'll heal up pretty quickly from that one.
3: Yeah, he absolutely will. I wonder if we can get a quick word with Carl Thompson, who was very, very sporty to go over there to see what happened, uh, whether... The Compass McLaren and Kuna Whitmer actually lifted off. You heard Robin there saying, looked like he was slowing. I wonder if the traction control there was taking control. And Robin, and you heard Robin say, he turn it off. I did say, I thought he was wheel spinning all the way up the hill. <laughs> and it may have just got him across the line. Shea Adam down there getting the interviews that count again. Apologies uh, for the colourful language from Robin there. Well, Jeremy, we went down from 120 minutes to 75, but we packed in enough for a 12-hour race in terms of excitement there. Credit to all of the drivers and our race control and Marshall corner workers and, indeed, the recovery. That is just unbelievable stuff. Come back to that thought in a moment as Shea is down with Compass. Uh, It was quite an embarrassing
2: situation, John. Kuno hit the pit speed button. He went to hit the radio and pushed the
5: wrong one.
6: Yeah.
0: Uh, Figured it was something uh, like that.
5: Yeah, uh, yeah. That's uh, that's a heartbreaker. That's an absolute. Not the first driver
3: to have done that. We've uh, seen drivers try to disengage the speed limit button to turn the engines off. We saw Nigel Mansell a few years in Canada hit the wrong button and throw away a victory and firmly won the. Uh, The Bentley, a couple of times at Bathurst, Uh, and there's been other people to do it. Sometimes it's also easy to do it when you've crossed up and you might hit the pit lane speed limiter. I've done that before. But
5: that's where you you, you put that uh, pit lane speed limiter somewhere where you can't hit it accidentally. That's
3: the idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeremy. Uh, 120 minutes and more of action stacked into 75 minutes brilliant stuff look we always
5: have fantastic races in the michelin pilot challenge and yeah we just tightly packaged it a little bit more this afternoon this evening i guess it is now it's after 6:30, but what a race that was it was well worth the wait and as as you just rightly said hats off to everybody who stuck around here and uh, to all the staff at road america for making that happen and making it possible
3: It's not an unusual thing for me to have no voice left at the end of the Michelin Pilot Challenge. Robin Liddell started with a sore throat. He's going to have a big party tonight. There might be one or two drops of the soft stuff just to ease the pain. The dash to the line was extraordinary from Robin Liddell, who takes a famous victory in the dying moments here at... Uh, at uh, Road America for the Michelin Pilot Challenge. We'll have the rest of the season live on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Thanks, to you, Jeremy and Rob, back in London, and all of our TV crew. Phew!
0: This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit Radiolamont.com.